You're listening to the Opie and Anthony channel on Sirius XM. The Ron and Fez show starts. Come on. Now!
We bit our plates and our trades till we think we might die. Far from North America, where the builders are old and you might have lots of mimes. Our okay. buddies, it's the Ron and Fez Show, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, uh, Thursday, December 19th, tomorrow is the last day on the ONA channel, after that you'll be able to hear us on Raw Dog, Sirius XM, Comedy Hits 99, starting January 6th, 2014, at noon. Noon. So, mark that in your uh, iPhone. Is that what people do? Uh, yeah, you? or calendar on your Android phone. You're an Android guy. Yeah, I'm Android. I just call it straight droid. I, I tried to call it Ann for a while. Nobody would fucking know what I was talking about. So I went with droid after that. It's a Star Wars thing. Like droids. I haven't seen it yet. Is it good? It's Star Wars. Yes. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's good. There's six of them. Can I just ask a question? Yeah. Does Luke ever fuck the princess? <laughs> Close. Never actually gets it in. Damn it. They really should have just had them have sex. <laughs> At least they know. <laughs> All right, it's the Ron and Fez show. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Blake in Wisconsin, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Ronnie B. Yes, sir. I my... Uh... Got my Blue Apron box yesterday. We cooked ourselves a nice flounder on some turnips. It was awesome. I'm glad to hear that. I tell you what, my girl got home. She's in a shit mood. And we cooked a little dinner, and she's a little bit better mood. I also bought bought a a week's worth for my parents. So hopefully they have a similar experience. Yeah, uh, I'm hearing back from a lot of people who's joined this. Chris, I told you about my new thing. I'm, I'm I'm a cook now with Blue Apron. They send me all this stuff. Blake, uh, was I lying? Was it, is it not a fantastic thing to be able to figure out? Like, oh, you're making something that you would not believe you were able to make. Um, yeah, I, I kind of consider myself a pretty good cook. Actually. Okay, so that's the difference. Yeah, I, I do a lot of smoking on the grill, and we cook a lot at home. But, you know, the box came. It's ingredients. Look, I'm in a little carny town, Racine, Wisconsin, okay? The, the the box of ingredients. There's no way I could procure that stuff in this town in the middle of winter. So. This is another thing that he weirded me, weirded me out with, is that he said a little carny town because when I was a kid, <laughs> the, we were in the carnival at Racine, Wisconsin. And I know you were. I talked to you about that before. It fucking turned dark. That weird? <laughs> no, I mean really, the black people came in and just started fucking taking over. <laughs> <laughs> they started yeah, fucking stealing shit <laughs> up and down the midway, and I was too young to find it interesting. They're all winners. Yeah, everybody left the lucky winner. Um, yeah, the, the other day, Ronnie, two gentlemen had a little argument at a uh, quickie mart and pulled sawed-off shotguns on each other, and uh, SWAT had to break it up. And really, that's not uncommon here. So you, you know, it doesn't have to be a big town to be urban. The people forget that. All right, thanks a lot, dude. So the Blue Apron thing, Fez was actually at my house last night when the Blue Apron box showed up, so I started trying to show him ingredients. But, you know, Fez came over for Fezmuths. This is something that we've done for years, and he comes over and has a pre-Christmas with my family, and we exchange gifts. So we always do the turkey. Well, this year, 
without telling him or the kids, we came out soul food, fried chicken, Woo! mac and cheese, this kind of weird greens, a salad, and uh, waffles, chicken and waffles, Sick. honey. We just did it up. But uh, because Fez isn't paying attention when I'm saying I'm a cook now. So I just fucking threw it in his face. <laughs> the mac Fe- and cheese almost hit me. Fez was so fun last night. He was, as I say, sometimes he just does. He just comes in. He's old Fez, my old buddy that I haven't seen in years. The last time this happened is the when we went uptown. Oh, for Metallica? Yeah, when we went uptown to see Metallica. I was just like, oh, shit, Fez is here. And that's how he was last night. He was fun. He was engaging. It was, you know, 1 o'clock in the morning, and I'm pushing him out the door. You got to go home, buddy. I didn't want to leave. You got work tomorrow. (laughs) I don't know how that happens sometimes, but it did last night. It was a Christmas miracle. Was that one night out of the year that we could be the people that we always wanted to be? You got something to say, big man? Everyone. What? So anyway, uh, and of course, we went on and on about how much we enjoyed the Scrooge talk. Because so many people wrote to me saying that us talking about Scrooge with Mitch Glazer and all the backstage shit was the funnest stuff they've heard in a while. At tw- the tw- at, during the 25-year anniversary? We were in heaven. Better. It doesn't it We doesn't were really in heaven. We got Mitch telling the Scrooge stories, Bill Murray's stories. And then we're sitting, you know, there's a, there's a beautiful movie star sitting in between us. I don't think it gets better than that. It I, felt like it was about as good as it can get. It would be hard to match. It felt like it was as good as it could get. And, like, how many small character actors did we uh, go through? And then Mitch sent us the thing today of Michael J. Pollard today, what he looks like today. Herman, who froze uh, to death. Oh, Give me a happy ending here, Herm. That's so sad. Um, hey, uh, Tailgunner, you're on the Run Fest show. Hey, Ron. Yeah. I'm just curious, has Pepper ever even seen Star Wars? Yes, of course, I've seen all six Star Wars, yes. Well, then you might want to remember the fact that Luke and Leia happen to be brother and sister. It'd be a little difficult for them to have sex, don't you? Really? Uh, be, dude, what, you just fucking ruined it for me. Would it be difficult? I'm sure you'd get a hard-on for her. Why I put our get, conventions on other planets? I don't even get this. Out of the whole universe, these two people bump into each other, and they're related? What's the odds of that happening? It's the Force. The Force drew them together. <laughs> Plus, on the hierarchy of incest, that's totally acceptable, is the brother-sister hookup. In my opinion. Your opinion can send you to jail, kid. <laughs> what? No, incest is a crime. Yeah, it's jailable crime. <sighs> we got to change these laws. It's a jailable crime. At least her brother-sister consensual. I get the pedophilia thing. That's awful. That should be punished. But I think, and I'm not wrong here, you can also be arrested if you, you have with your, sex with an adult child of yours. <sighs> That's 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 bullshit. Is what that is. I mean, if it's cons- as long as it isn't rape, it's consensual sex between two adults. Totally fine. It's, that's not illegal. You've brought up the word rape again, <laughs> and I'm no. serious. We're like a hundred shows in a row that you, the word rape just pops out of your mouth. Um, 
Let's go over here to AJ. AJ, you're on the Run of Fez show. AJ. Mr. B. Yes, sir. Hey, it's actually Jay from Albany. How you doing? Good, buddy. I ordered, I ordered Blue Apron last week after hearing you talk about it, and I'm a terrible, terrible cook. Is this going to be an issue for me? I I really never did any true cooking before other than grilling and breakfast is all I'd ever done. And, like, just follow the directions. And it's really more about prepping things is what I've learned. Uh, if, if you prep it properly, the cooking part comes easy. Your mise en place. That's what they call it. Um, excuse me? Your mise en place. You're fucking starting shit with me now? No, 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 no. You're fucking mise en place, <laughs> motherfucker. Not me. Now, what's that mean? It's like your prep, like making sure everything's cut up and... Say it again. I don't know this word. Mise en place. Mise en place. It's French, I believe. And then, Fez, you used a word the other day, a word for making up a word? Yeah, neologism. <laughs> when I'm sleeping, are people just coming up with new fucking phrases <laughs> that everyone else knows? Well, mine is just another language. I'm hanging around with a couple of college graduates. That's what I'm doing. CUNY Hunter. That's right. Me and Ed Burns. I remember that Rose Bowl. You guys lost the... I guess it was Stanford. <laughs> so sad. Can't tell you how heartbreaking that was. Yeah, well. Um, but anyway, last night was fun. was Fez. He gave me a book this year. Merry Christmas. The writings of Nora Ephron, which I... I guess he's... Uh, I'll sit um, next to my fire and drink a scotch and... Read about her musings, but it was very nice of you, Fez. Nice book. And I hope. Now, here's the thing that I did. We give out a lot of books, uh, uh, albums, DVDs, CDs. And what is true of 100% of them? They're all signed. I opened up the book, unsigned. And I think to myself, I'm the only one who gets an unsigned book. Well, Nora Ephron has passed away. There's nothing I could do about that. But she has been alive. What would you have done? Walked up to her house and asked her to sign it? I'm just saying, I got a worse book than anyone else that we've ever given one out to. We gave out a signed Stephen King the other day, and everybody was mad at... Forget him. One of our guys fucked up really bad. Hicks. Uh, speaking of which, uh, what was the first responders prize? The first responders prize was Scrooge on Blu-ray signed by Mitch Glazer. And that goes out to? That goes to DJ Famous Name. DJ Famous Name. Congratulations, DJ Famous Name. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Um, Nick, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey guys, it's a uh, mise en place, not mise en place. You're making it you sound like a dumb fuck. But, mise en place. That's what I said. You no, know, it's it's three separate words though. Yeah, I said mise en place. place. I didn't say one word. No, no, you said mise en place. It's mise en place. It means to put in place, right? And yeah. what kind of word is it? It's French. Yeah, French. Yeah. yeah. French. Okay. Mise en place. Mise en place. Um, Dan, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, fuck shit, fart. Hey, I just seen how that sounds compared to Buddy and um. The uh, mise en place, actually, the breakdown means everything in its place, and that's why when you do all your prep, when you have your mise en place done, everything's in its place, so it's really easy to cook. So if you're trying to cook and you're looking for shit and shit's on the stove burning, but you got to add garlic, but you don't have garlic chopped up, you're going to fuck it up. So if you got 
Your visa plus done, you're fucking golden. Dude, you you, you you are completely explaining why I thought I couldn't cook. Because I used to start cooking three seconds after entering a kitchen. And I, exactly. you know, whether I was cooking breakfast or attempting a dinner, you know, I would just start cooking and then start going, all right, what else do I need? While, you know, something's on the stove, I'm running around looking for seasoning. And, of course, you can't cook that way. But I never realized this. I wasn't even curious about it until I started Blue Apron. And I'm like, oh, this prep takes longer than I thought it was going to take. But then you have all your – and they even show you on this. I was explaining it to Watley last night, but I could see he's like, you know, not really paying attention, you know, wondering. And by the way. I know there, there are bookstores that you go to and they're signed books, yeah. if that's what he, whether the person's alive or dead, okay? You could get someone signed Oscar Wilde if you're willing to. This is a new book. But she's written old books. This is this new book is just all of her books put into one. Yeah, it's, a, it's like everything of Nora Ephron. <laughs> oh, yeah, you've explained it better than what I just did. Uh, it's a collection of her work, which I haven't read any. Sign Nora Ephron right there. Motherfucker. Could that. You imagine what a goddamn family heirloom that would have been? It would have been beautiful. Just a quick internet search. Uh, I got Fez while I gave him an envelope. Um, nice. I'm a, there's $3,700 in it. Damn, that's a great gift. Like compared to last year, he got 3900 <laughs> I was still stunned. I was giving them some shit, though. <laughs> then I said to the children, Fez would like to open up his gift now. And then I said, count it with everybody watching. And then I also gave him a collectible. And unlike Fez, uh, mine was signed. Oh. I gave him a, a beautiful... And I will say this. It's an actual beautiful piece of work. It was uh, Times Square, 2013 is the name of it. It's a picture signed by the photographer uh, Opie. And, uh, well, if you go to opiradio.com, it's the home of Greg OPU's. Uh, you will see on the front there, opiradio.com. Even though Chris types a lot, he types a lot. Look, there it is. It's very beautiful. It's an 8 by 10 Display that in your home, Fez, or anywhere that you like to. I'll put it up. Um, look, i got to go to her for Christmas in case I don't get a chance to talk to her tomorrow. It's the lovely Janice in Chicago. Oh, hi. I love you, too. Yeah, so um, nice. I actually was calling because I loved the interview yesterday, and then I bought Scrooged. And I, it, it was so cool. There were so many fun facts I didn't even know about. Like, I didn't know that was really Bill Murray's brother. <laughs> yeah, it's a very kind of uh, cool. family movie. And even though it's shot in New York, there's a lot of Chicago guys in that movie. Yeah, it's, it was fun. But, uh, uh, but did you notice uh, the, the scene with Murray's brothers? That guy back there, the attractive uh, young man with very long hair is Mitch, looking pained, just pained in that scene. <laughs> I gotta do it again. I gotta read. Yes, it's really funny to look out, and uh, he honestly has a look on his face like, "Is this going well?" 
I wonder if this is good. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> I wish they would play uh, my favorite, uh, We're No Angels. That is just the best movie. It always bothers me when they remake stuff because yeah. then it seems to eliminate the original. And it's the best Humphrey Bogart. Oh, it's great. I love it. Peter Ustinov is amazing in that. Yes. Oh, I love him. I love him as Perot, too. Yeah, he's great. Anything he does. All right, Janice. Well, I have a very, very, oh, just to warn you. Yeah. uh, One of my pen pal letters is probably going to be there today. Oh, I can't wait to read. Just to sit down and long. Good. Good. I will sit down and read that before I get into the North Front. That'll take me three or four days to get through one of your letters. (laughs) I know, because I got to tell you, I go all over the place. I'm sorry. And also, Fezzi, I, yes. what I put to you, I changed my mind after her hearing what uh, Paulo did to your bathtub. Uh, <laughs> keep that in mind. <laughs> keep that in mind, Fezzi. All right, Jazz, talk to you later, sweetie. Love you guys. Have a great holiday. All right, bye-bye. I hope she you know, makes the move with us. It's coming up uh, right after the first of the year, January 6th. Noon. Raw Dog, Sirius XM, Comedy Hits, and then and then. Um, Robert, Robert, you're on the Run of Fest show. Hey, I got a, I don't know if this would be a good spy report for you, but... A spy uh, report? Just spy report. Just heard on Spy report, spy report. Off, uh, Doug Dynasty got either suspended or fired from making a um, remark about gay people. What was his remark? Uh, he just said, uh, I think it was post was, uh, vaginas are a lot more attractive than a man's anus or something. <laughs> How'd they come up? <laughs> <laughs> did, now, did he say it on his show? Uh, no, he did it in a report. Uh, Chris, you know about this, right? Yeah, this, want to hear his exact Yeah, quote? because he did it in a report makes no sense to me. Alright, now I say it up on TV. I guess I, I will make this thing so in case I, you know, say the wrong thing. I've never seen the show. They make duck calls and it's the biggest show in the history of cable. I've never seen an episode. I don't know anyone who watches it. But it, yeah, it's biggest ratings ever. Uh, they made a bunch of money off duck calls so they're ridiculously rich hillbillies. So this is what he said in a GQ interview. It seems like, to me, a vagina as a man would be more desirable than a man's anus. That's just me. I'm just thinking. There's more there. She's got more to offer. I mean, come on, dudes. You know what I'm saying? But hey, sin. It's not logical, my man. It's just not logical. Well, not only is that something I wouldn't fire somebody for, but it's just an opinion. It's no worse than if you say... I wouldn't bang a girl who was over six feet tall. You know what I mean? I imagine that would bum out a lot of people who like tall women, but people have opinions. What's wrong with that? He also went on from there. Oh, okay. He compared homosexuality to bestiality and did the whole slippery slope argument. All right, let me just say this. You can also compare a hetero marriage to bestiality. In the same way that you could compare a ham and cheese sandwich to bestiality. Again, why would you fire somebody for that? You're allowed to compare things. To be completely honest, I'm surprised this took this long for this to come out. 
I mean, I'm not surprised these guys, these guys are like their their gimmick is from what I've heard is they're super Christian. Oh, I didn't know this. Yeah, they're super Christian and they're like a really tight knit family or whatever. So you'd have to think they'd not be totally open to gay people or might have some weird. And this guy's old school. He's an you know he's an older dude. I'm not surprised that this came out. He was calling it sin and saying that uh, yeah, yeah, with uh, with homosexuality, we're allowing sin to be fine. I don't have a, a, a problem with that statement. That's just an opinion. In the same way that I would not, like if one of you guys said, I don't believe in interracial marriage. I think that the each ethnic group could stay the same. I would have no problem arguing that point. But I would not think that you should not be heard. You know what I mean? That's the stupid part of this. I just said incest is okay. You really did. You <laughs> said an adult incest is fine, uh, which I believe is illegal. I'm not. I can't be 100, percent but I think that it's illegal. I don't think that people should start wanting him fired. <laughs> And also, he belongs to some religious group, right? Yeah, he's born again. Okay, so, but there's still a group besides being born again, right? Yeah, I don't know what his actual church is. Okay, but let's say it's some form of Christianity. And the Christians believe that homosexuality is a sin, right? Yeah. How could you follow that church's belief and then not repeat the things that you were taught? Well, uh, you know, with A&E suspending him... You knew what you were getting into with this guy. Why hire him and put him on television in the first place? If that you... that wasn't what I said to you. My point was this. If you follow a church and there are beliefs, what else would you do but say, I'm sticking to the beliefs of the church? Then say that's his be- – then he should say, I, this is what I believe. He's putting out a blanket statement uh, for everybody. Well, yes. The thing is, in his Bible, it's a sin. And he would say, that is a sin. I don't have a problem with it because I don't feel like we can't disagree with him. I do disagree with him, but I don't find it offensive. Now, at the same time, when he says, I I don't understand why you wouldn't think that a woman's vagina is better than a man's anus. I agree with that statement. He's only saying it because his face looks like one. But do you see what I'm saying? Like, that's literally the what I would say. Now, you would say, Fez, a man's anus is more attractive than a woman's vagina. That also doesn't offend me. You know, it's it's just an opinion or a desire. But why are we not allowed to state them? I am pretty shocked that they would take this guy out because this show has been nothing but just cash for them. Like this, but you is said just the opposite. You said what Fez said. This is what they, you know, how did they not know this was going to happen? Oh yeah, sure, but who cares? I mean, the, the, the show because is usually you get popular. in the way of the cash and you're fucked. And if somebody starts going after the corporations who go on that network, the network doesn't want to have the money fucked with. No, is the rest of the family going on without him? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, the rest of the Then fuck them. Then they agree with it as well. Yeah, the rest of the season has him in or something, and then, yeah, they're going to keep going. Um, I don't have any sympathy for A&E or this guy. They put a known homophobe on the air. Well, how is he a known homophobe? <laughs> 
He compares gays to animal fucking. Well, right now, so that's not known. I mean, right, Liz says fire says so she hears that you and I are getting sick from Fez and have someone out send someone out to get us some emergency. I know that he's going to make us sick before this happens. Why is Fez? Um, here's Turtle in Iowa. You're on the run of Fez show. My buddies, so yeah. old school there for you. First of all, is anybody surprised that a hillbilly down in, in Louisiana is anti-gay? But the other thing is this whole thing is a work. Because if you look at a picture of these guys prior to their first few, uh, I guess, on-air events with the uh, with hunting and some of these other outdoor channels where they moved out before they moved to A&E, they're totally clean-shaven, businessman type, and they – they're using the whole beer thing as a marketing gimmick, and it's working for them. And if you're watching this show, and I do watch it, are you really thinking you're going to stop watching or stop hunting or stop supporting the the people that are you know sponsoring the program because they're anti-gay? I, I don't think that demographic is going to run away from them. Yeah, I don't think that they're worried about that demographic. They're worried about if you're making a product, you don't want half the country – you know what I mean? To be right. mad at you. Sure, but is the other is the half of the com- country that's you know going to be involved in or in watching this program? Are they are they going to leave it? Because the I don't know why you, you know. I mean, I don't think that you actually. I don't know what's wrong with even watching the TV show to see the wild man, you know, spit out a bunch of crazy things. I think that's why you would watch it. And by the way, I don't think there's any such things as hillbillies. In Louisiana, which is probably offensive to someone because there's no fucking hills. You call them a fucking, you know. Swamp people. Yeah. Um, I, I haven't seen the show, so I can't comment on whether it's a uh, a work or not. But um, I don't have a big problem with this. Nick, you're on the run of Fish show. Hey, what's up, Ron? Yeah. Um, yeah, I've seen the show quite a few times, and I don't. There, there's nothing offensive about what he said. What? Why do? If if somebody doesn't agree with homosexuality, why do we have to cater to the needs of people you know who agree with that? You know, I completely disagree with it, but I don't care about it. But he made he made a statement. He made an opinion. Why is it a big deal? Now this network doesn't want to be tied in with this guy. They realize what he's putting out under the umbrella of the Bible. Is hate speech. I don't know if I would even consider that hate speech. Here's what I... I would would consider this hate speech. If he said we should beat up gays or I, you know, I'd make sure no gay ever got hired to be on this show. I think you cross a line when you start to fuck with other people. But when you say stuff, A, whether it's an opinion. Like, I know guys that will only date Asian chicks. They don't even know why they feel that way. You know what I mean? But they're just like, I'm all about Asian chicks. I don't feel the need to debate them on Italians, Puerto Ricans, Jews. You know, there's so many other types of women. Why would you? You know, that's just their preference. Uh, Al Dukes would eat a fucking dry chicken sandwich every day. That annoyed me more. (laughs) You know what I mean? Than a guy who would only date Asian chicks. So... A, part of it's opinion. The other part of it is his religion. And see, I don't see where he's hurting anybody. 
See, I think when you say things like we can't have this, you're letting sin be fine, and this is leading to men sleeping with men. I think with it, if he has this big audience, I don't know. That's encouraging people to say no to homosexuality and letting people live their lives. I don't know if that's true. I think that you can watch shows and disagree with people. I think that I could sit and watch a show and not agree. You know what I mean? I think that I do it all the time. I think it happens most of the time that I don't agree with most things that people say. Certainly not 100% of what they say. A lot of people will just watch things because they know they won't agree with that just to get mad. Sometimes to get mad, sometimes just to make sure that you're not so gripped into your opinions, you know what I mean, that they become beliefs. Because I can tell you, when I was a young person, I was much more conservative than after I was... In my, like once I hit my 20s, I started to question things a lot more than I did when I was younger because I started thinking. I don't go back and hate myself as you were the same way much, you know, your opinions would have been very close to him up to probably 10 years ago. And I don't think that you were a bad person then, but you did think of uh, homosexuality as wrong. I don't see it as a big deal. Um Here's um, here's uh, no, you're on the Run of Face show. Hey, Ron. So yeah. I just wanted to tell you guys, you guys got it all wrong. He's not being like anti-gay. He's being pro bestiality. I mean, he's a redneck after all. He's comparing it and saying, "Hey, it's okay." Well, that's kind of nice, then. I guess I've never seen the show. I don't know what happens with those ducks. It's just duck. They kill them. They kill. They they make. Duck murdering devices. I don't think it's bestiality if you fuck a a, a duck. That's got to be some kind of poultryality. That is not a beast. That's not a beast at all. Uh, Dan, you're on the Run and Face show. Let's go over to Chris in Jersey. You're on the Run and Face show. Ronnie, what's up? Hey. Listen, Fez, uh, you said that uh, they want to distance themselves from the dad A&E does, right? Yeah, at this point, obviously they suspended him. I mean, well, then why do they keep the rest of the family on there knowing that the rest of the family feels the same way that the dad does? Yeah, I, I don't think a and E's all that great of a network for putting any of them on the air in the first place. Well, I mean, they must be doing something right, 18 million viewers. <laughs> Is there really that many viewers weekly? I mean, I don't know if it's weekly, but at one point, I think for the the uh, premiere, it was 18 million. But, I mean, weekly, they're getting 10 million viewers. That's gigantic. And maybe the people just watch the show because they think, you know, it's funny to laugh at. I don't I, I When I've heard, I've heard people describe it, it's like they're just really nice. I, I have no idea what happens on this show. I, all I know is they're rich as shit. They live in Louisiana. And the, I didn't know that you could make that many duck calls to become incredibly wealthy. It would seem like it would be a, a side business at best. From from what, I, from what I've read about Duck Dynasty, I guess the guy made it in college, and he just made this certain kind of duck call that like just wiped out, was like became the standard in duck calls. By the way, I don't know whether you know this, and I don't know whether it's the dad, because I saw this on the Fox game preview one day. 
one of those guys was the starting quarterback at Louisiana before Terry Bradshaw. What? Like him and Terry Bradshaw were on the team at the same time. And Terry Bradshaw thought that this guy was an amazing quarterback. And then he just stepped away from it all. And I saw them like walking around and he was like, I didn't have the, you know, I didn't have the drive that you had. My calling was the duck calls. <laughs> I'll tell you this. I don't like too many things in life better than a duck call, though. If I fucking get my hands on one, I'll spend the fucking day <laughs> just trying to come up with duck noises. Yeah, duck dice, you just, it beats everything in the, it's 10 million. 10, it's more than 10 million people uh, an episode. Um, here's Sean. Sean, you're on the Run Fez show. Hey, buddy. Yeah. Uh, hey, Fez, did you happen to read the rest of what Phil Robertson said? It <laughs> says, however, I would not, I would never treat anyone with disrespect just because they are different from me. We are all created by the Almighty and Him. I love all of humanity. That came, that came out after, that came out after the backlash started. And uh, Miss Anne, the duck caller, who adheres to the Bible so much, wouldn't disrespect someone. Oh, if he really believed in this Bible as much as he said, he'd be condemning homosexuals to death. So I guess he really doesn't believe in this Bible as much as he thought he did. Damned if he do, damned if he don't. If that's... Yeah. And... So you would have a lot more respect for him if he was taking bricks and throwing at gay guys. Sure. If he believes in his Bible so much, then he'd be in jail. So I would love it if he tried that. No, people would be getting hurt. They'd be terrible. And, and to say I don't, I don't disrespect people who are different from me. You just said if you let men sleep with men, they're going to start fucking animals next. Unconsensual sex with cows and sheep. Who says it's unconsensual? A lot of those cows could be coming. So, we know. so don't buy anything of what he said. He's trying to save his duck calling job. Oh, he owns the duck calling factory. Yeah, he's the dude. Like he's the guy who made it. Like this guy. How is... much does each duck call cost? Like oh. are they? I'll look it up. Specially made. <laughs> I think it's just like really efficient at getting ducks to come. No, I understand, but is there that many duck hunters in the world? Oh, I'm gonna look this up. I guess I, I, you know what I also I like those. Um, God, uh, the name has left me now. But the fake duck that you put out in the water to bring in other ducks. Yeah, those things are gorgeous. They really well made. Decoy is the word I'm looking for. I'm looking for the word decoy. All right, they're making off this duck commander duck call. They're making forty million a year off of it. Oh, it's just one single one that they mass produce. It's, it's the, not like they sit and whittle out beautiful duck calls. Yeah, it's the best-selling duck call. I have to be. Uh, Jeff, you're on the Run Fez show. Jeff. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. Hey, you know, the, the thing here is, is is this. Fez, you made a choice to live a lifestyle you allegedly live. And Phil Robertson has made a choice to, to live the lifestyle he lives. He chose vagina. Hell, guys, there's enough problems with a vagina as it is, you know. But... Either way, he's chosen a set of moral codes that he's used to follow. He's not imposing it on you or I. He's not imposing it on... You have a radio show and you talk about... Uh, your, 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 your thing's going out. I, I tend to agree with this guy. 
I think it's an opinion, and I really worry about our fucking society where we feel like someone should lose their job because we don't agree with them. And it really makes this guy that I guarantee you I would not normally side with, it puts me on his side. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like if you would have just said, this is what the guy said, and he's an asshole, I would be like, yeah, he's probably an asshole. Even though I wouldn't have seen anything, I would have been more likely to agree with you. But when I hear, okay, he's railroaded out of his job, which is very popular, because he answered a question honestly. I mean, if we're at that point, we've got to change. It's got to start and become a, a bad thing to ask people directly their beliefs, you know, if that thing could lead to some kind of problem. Because I don't think we're ever going to be able to legislate preferences and beliefs. Now, but but we will legislate whether you can state them or not. It's sick. It's going to turn to people just won't talk. I mean, like everything- everybody's going to talk like like they're uh, a fucking Kansas City Chief in the post game. Yeah, everything will become yeah. Just here to help the ball club. <laughs> just trying to make duck calls. But I will tell you this. The people who, after the game, all get in a circle and pray, you know, both teams yeah. together. Uh-huh. I always see that as showboating. Now, I have no reason to do that. You know what I mean? I mean, like, you could go and fucking pray on your own. You don't need to do it in the middle of the field. I'm sure that's offensive to people that I would even say that. But in the back of my mind, that's always showboating. But I, I would not want to stop them from doing it. I don't give a shit. But I also can have my opinion that, oh, dude, stop acting like the, why is the equipment manager there? Just sometimes <laughs> annoys. Seriously, it just annoys. It annoys me. A duck, one of these duck commander duck calls are 180 bucks. That's Fuck. This is what it sounds like. Hit these. Hit these. Then I want one. <laughs> Don't! Uh, Robert, you're on the run of Fez show. All right, I gotta calm down. Fez has got me so pissed off. He Fez, does that. Not the guy think, who's comparing gays to beasts. to show the man respect enough to find out what he's really about and what he really said. That statement about loving all humanity wasn't added afterwards. It was part of the interview, but, oh, that doesn't sound good in a media soundbite. And the man has been at this opinion before his stupid show. He's not even part of the company. He's retired. His son runs the company, and these aren't Jews that are a surprise to anybody who's in the least bit uh, familiar with who they are and what they're about. He is a pastor. Go on YouTube. Sounds like you got a little crush on him. And it's 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 a God-given American right to have an opinion. And he didn't say homosexuality leads to bestiality. He said homosexuality, bestiality, men sleeping with women, women sleeping with men. It just basically dogs and cats living together. Bad hysteria. He Um, said you start with homosexuality and you morph from there. Then he went into bestiality. Read the whole statement, not just what helps you, buddy. Okay. Let's just fucking take that statement. Are we not strong enough to let someone have that belief without having them fired? 
Do, do we not feel powerful enough in our freedoms to let people have beliefs, not only that we disagree with, but we find to be ridiculous? I think we do. I think that's what makes it a great country. People don't want that to happen anymore, though. I mean, I, 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 people... I would imagine that most people want it to happen. But we need something to happen in this country because this doesn't fall under censorship. Because obviously he can go say it on street corners, but they will go and attack his work and his work will send him out. And we know this. No one can fuck with the money. The biggest person in a business fucks with the money and you're in trouble. Tom Cruise is the biggest movie star in the world. And when he said, hey, the drug companies are feeding our fucking kids uh, dope that they don't need, he ended up having to crawl on his fucking belly because his studios felt the heat of the drug companies that spend a lot of money. And for that, his religion was mocked and his is he or is he not gay, whatever. They fucking knelt down on that fucker until he cracked because he found out just being a big movie star doesn't mean that you can say anything. But we we do need something where we can say you can speak your mind without this fear of now you're losing a job that had nothing to do with that. We need to hear each other's opinions. You need to hear not just the opinions that you agree with. You need to hear opinions you definitely don't agree with. You want to have the kind of country where someone can say the president is an asshole and he's not fired for it. No matter who the president has to, to happens to be. And he can say that whether he's right or wrong. Uh, last night, we uh, really did this really cool, quick RBI with little Steven. And he made a statement about, you know, he did that song, Sun City. And he put the blame on President Reagan, who's one of the most fucking popular presidents that we have. Right? Yeah. I'm sure plenty of people who adore President Reagan also like the East Street Band. You don't have to agree 100% with each other, you know? I think it's great that he was able to say that and put it out there and to see that his song, you know, was powerful. I think it would be crazy to then start saying, let's try to make sure the East Street Band doesn't get to tour anymore because I'm a big Reagan fan. You can disagree with people. I am always... Really confused why real right wing people say, uh, you know, I'm going to the Dylan concert. I'm going to the fucking uh, Pearl Jam concert. And then they're shocked. Of uh, like Romney's uh, running mate. Uh, love Rage Against the Machine. That was hysterical. I, it was hyster- <laughs> it was the funniest thing in the world. Um, here's uh, Denise. Denise, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hi, I just wanted to make a couple of points. Um, he quoted the Bible and listed several different types of sin, but you don't see adulterers and fornicators, who he also mentioned, gathering together and, and demanding that he lose his job. Um, only one special interest group. And the other point I wanted to make is how would 
it would be if the tables were turned, if Christian groups were getting together and calling XM and demanding that Sons be taken off the air because they disagree with his lifestyle. And they could actually do that. You know what I mean? Like, there is enough power in certain Christian groups that they could do that. And in this case, they don't. But I feel the same way when uh, uh, the mothers against whatever the fuck they're against go against a gay spokesman. I'm against that as much as I'm against people that want this guy fired for his, giving out his opinion. You can disagree with people. I don't think that everybody in the country has to say, oh, isn't it great that Ellen's married to a woman? You know what I mean? I don't think everyone has to think that that's fucking perfect. Um, adulterers, on the other hand, they will handle their own shit quietly and they'll take care of it. Matter of fact, they might even agree with you most of the time that adultery is a fucked up thing. <laughs> they'll tell their wife, how could he do that to her? Awful. It's terrible. Um Here is uh, Dwayne. Dwayne, you're on the Run of Fest show. Hey, how you doing today? Hi, hey. Happy holidays. Happy holidays to you. Hey, listen. We're on Christmas. You know, uh, yeah, I, you know, my, my problem is this. You know, people, all people deserve their rights. Whether, you know, homosexuality, I don't give a shit what it is. But because they got that right, does that make it against, you know, is it wrong for somebody else to have rights? Just because... He doesn't believe in homosexuality. He he compares it to bestiality. Whatever the fuck he compares it to, that's his right. The homosexuals fault to get their rights. He's got his fucking rights. Right, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna let Fez have his thing here, and I don't want it to get into just going back and forth. And I know this is something you're passionate about. Yeah, absolutely. I think this guy's a creep. Okay, and and I have no problem with you thinking the guy's a creep. That doesn't bother me. Um, I didn't bother me even when you guys were calling hillbillies to a place that doesn't have any fucking hills. I apologize. For um, you know, redneck is the word that you're probably looking for. Um, but what is the harm, Fez? And specifically, I guess this guy doesn't say this during the TV show. He said it in a fucking interview with GQ because he was asked, you know. So what is the harm with having th that guy having a job on a television network? I think when he puts things out there, no matter what medium he's putting them out in, he's encouraging people to look down on gays and to possibly injure gays. I don't. I did not. I, I say I. If he can make the leap to bestiality, I can definitely make the leap to. Uh, you know what? This is wrong. The Bible says it's wrong. It shouldn't be happening. To let's stop this. So what you're saying? You want to fight ignorance with more ignorance? And I would agree with that statement. For you to say, if someone does a joke about women, you know, what I mean, you're watching a comedian, and I have a tendency. Never to be a fan of comedians who do the old ball and chain bit, whether it happened in 1940 or whether it's happening today. I just think it's weak and fucking not thought out well. But I don't make the leap that that guy's going to somehow beat up a woman or get his audience to beat up a woman. Nothing has come up that, that people are supposed to gay bash. Um, but to say I wouldn't do this, my beliefs are against it. 
you know, uh, again, anyone saying, everyone shouldn't do it. But let's suppose this: a guy says, I don't believe in interracial marriage. Right. Should that guy not be able to work? And by the way, a lot of people who don't believe in interracial marriage are minorities. You know what I mean? There's tons of minorities who don't believe in interracial marriage. It's not a question anymore. This is how far the country has come. We all agree that people should be able to make their choices. Now, a lot of states are agreeing with the uh, gay marriage. And I can say living here in New York, having gay marriage, nothing's changed. Your life will not be changed. I can say that as someone who's lived through the gay marriage experience. It doesn't change your life or your relationships. Just throwing it in our faces all the time with their wedding rings. Yeah. It doesn't change anything. Um, here is Tommy in Brooklyn. You're on the Run Fest show. How are you guys? Yeah. Um, you know, first you got to... Be careful what you ask for. I mean, how many times, as as uh, Ron said, uh, what's the worst thing a man could be? Uh, you know, what do people boycott the show now? Uh, he he does make a point. There's things that all of us say on here that could be offensive. As a matter of fact, we are on a channel that they will tell you you could be offended if you listen to this channel at all. And I have listened to this channel. I have been offended before. <laughs> My point is, I don't know whether it's such a horrible thing to be offended. I don't think it's such a horrible thing to hear things that you disagree with. Um, I'll go back to, uh, I always think the funny by the way, trumps everything. But Patrice O'Neill, who's done uh, ONA, you know, so many times, there had been so many times I would sit and listen to Patrice and say to myself, I've never heard someone be as wrong as that fucking guy. He is as wrong as wrong can be. And other times where I would go, holy shit, I never thought of that before. That's fucking brilliant. This changes the way I think about something. And I would have both those experiences on the same day. <laughs> and I'm much better off uh, hearing people that I mainly disagree with or sometimes disagree with uh, than I am just hearing people that I do disagree with. And, and, I, and I think it's great Sometimes they hear things that make you think that just fucking blew my mind. That fucking changes everything. Because I had to have that experience before I did believe in interracial uh, marriage. And I came from a fucking neighborhood that racism was the norm. You know what I mean? I certainly didn't know any real gays when I was younger. That was fucking changed by rock and roll, by me listening to rock and roll going, wait, what? You know what I mean? Like, how am I going to come around to that? So suppose there was a thing where I couldn't have heard the other messages that were against the norm at the time. Um, Jim, you're on the Run of Fez show. Ronnie B., greatest stick man in the history of radio. How Thanks, are bro. you? Thanks, hey. um, I'm curious just at... It, it boggles my mind that 
someone whose chosen profession is the spoken word would be in favor of censorship and silencing someone else's use of the, the spoken word. It, just, it, it absolutely boggles my mind. I wonder if Fezzi can explain that to me. Because I'm also in favor of protecting gay people who have had a history in this country of kids, adults, everyone getting beat up on the streets, getting beat up in gay bars, being thrown out of their homes. If there's a homophobic mom and dad who hear the duck caller that they watch every week on television saying this is wrong, then they find out their kid is gay, I would imagine that there's a good chance they take the duck caller's side in this. I don't like to hear it promoted. So I have no I have no problem with A and E's decision. I I have no problem with it whatsoever. Glad you said they need to re-examine what they're putting on to, on their network. You uh, came out against a slippery slope of gays leading to bestiality. You think that's the most ridiculous thing that you've ever heard in your life. And yet you've taken this statement. Then there hasn't been one violent statement that that man made about gays and you put it on him as if he did. It's just that is not a leap of any fucking logic at all. There's nothing there to say that he said, let's go out and beat gays. And if he did say that, I would be like, what? I would be like, what is fucking hanging it up to? What kind of show are they putting on? And I, by the way, I haven't seen Duck Dynasty. This is the only thing that's ever made me curious now to go and see it is that they're fucking with this guy. Now I'm like, what is this show? But I, I would never think that I would be interested to begin with it, with it. So they've somehow made this guy into a martyr. Um, Chris, you're on the Ronnie Fez show. Hey, Ronnie, you sound like a million bucks fan. Yeah. Hey, I was calling to find out what's the difference between that guy saying what he's saying and what Fezzy saying what he says. It's all in entertainment. It's not like people are sitting there going to these shows and listening to your show to educate our families and to educate our children. <laughs> it is all in it's it's all in entertainment. And for somebody in the entertainment field, I feel like he's really just goes overboard. But that's what he always does. Well, I, again, it, it becomes that thing where he acts like. If you listen to rap music, you're going to start shooting people. If you watch a violent movie, you're going to fucking kill people. Um, I think all those things are worth discussing. You know what I mean? We don't have any real proof. But I always think it's worth discussing. I don't see – I see the discussion being pulled in the wrong direction when you don't let people work, when you don't let people express themselves. It would be much better to sit down and say, what if A&E said, rather than fire this guy, let's put him on a program one night where he sits down and hears and talks to some gay guys. Or if he just sits down with Jon Stewart and let Jon Stewart tell him why he said was offensive. Could that be so much more powerful? than stopping the guy from working. Could the people that you're trying to educate learn so much more? 
That, to me, would be a much more civilized society and would also be much more corporate responsibility. And I'm, I, I, I'm sure there are gay people that would love to go on TV and talk with this guy. Not scream at each other, but sit and say, here's why this bothers us, dude. How do you see us as someone different? Because I guarantee you that this is that he's not going out trying to do the things that you're talking about. I don't think he's trying to physically hurt anybody. Well, Denise, who called earlier, said he's just quoting scripture. He quotes Leviticus, which says, put gay people to death. And yet you're acting like anyone who follows the Bible believes that. And I don't see any of the great Christian Catholic church churches calling for putting gays to death. Do you? Does the Pope wander around saying, let's put gays to death? Have you ever turned on, I don't know, Pat Robertson or whoever the new Jerry Falwell is and said, Let them put, let's put gays to death? It's in the Bible. So apparently, Fez, there is some uh, wiggle room here. Apparently, people can follow this book, not by the letter. And if they're being hypocrites, it would be a fine thing to point out and for us all to discuss. Christians and non-Christians. There's not a call for mass attacks on gay people by duck hunters. It just doesn't exist. It's a it's a leap. Um, here's uh, TJ You're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, good morning, fellas. Yeah. Uh, I actually, I've been to these people's homes. I grew up in the church that they uh, that they preach at, Whitesbury Road Church of Christ. Yeah. And these men, the, the gay issue is nowhere near the top of their priority. Uh, they, I mean, it's it, any Christian group is going to be against gays. And and Fez, you have to understand that you're in the extreme minority when it comes to that. And even though I agree with a lot of what you say and, you know, equal marriage and everything else, it just, you, you have to understand that you're taking a man's belief on a specific issue instead of the man's whole. If you actually knew this man or talked to this man, if you would understand how good of an influence he is, and just because he disagrees with your beliefs on one issue, you really should look at the other great things that these people do as far as helping, as far as teaching, as far as um, proclaiming good towards other people, not just we're going to start putting gays to death. That no one would ever enter their mind as far as Then why quote Leviticus? Why throw that out there? Uh, Why not throw out the Bible verse where Jesus says, love one another? I think he did say that, right? Yes, you also understand you're taking Old Testament versus New Testament. I didn't take it, he did. Okay, everything that you're bringing up about Old Testament, that's the whole reason why there is a New Testament. It shows how Jesus came in and gave us a new way in. We don't have to do all the things that we used to do in the Old Testament ways. However, they don't talk a lot about gays in the New Testament. It talks about just how Jesus is about loving one another, and that's what a lot of the focus is on. However, it completely, exactly conflicts with um, the gay lifestyle, and it's always going to be there. And you're not ever going to get the two to come together. It's about trying to learn how to live together without having the conflict. There are churches that do come to grips with it. The Reformed Church in America, Marble Collegiate Church in New York City, has no problem with gays. Yeah. So uh, he's saying that this can never be bridged. We just need to accept the duck collar. 
Well, I, I think that the, the, the thing that will never be bridged is that we'll, we'll all agree on everything. That's never going to happen. You know what I mean? Never. My point is, why do we have to run each other out of work when we disagree with each other? Why do we try to silence each other when we disagree with each other? This was not even a personal attack on any one person, you know? If he would have said, Elton John is going to hell. <laughs> and I'm going to send him there. And by the way, to say someone is going to hell means nothing to me. And to me, when this guy's religion is about as important to me as the Westboro Baptist Church's religion. That's their own fucking thing that they're into. At least they sing. These guys just, I don't know, I don't know what they do. They make duck calls and spend their money. The one religion I uh, really respect are the Jews because they don't want anyone else to join. No missionaries. No. <laughs> no missionary work Matter of fact, if you start asking them how do you become a Jew, they're like, you don't. It's not. This is definitely not for you. It's not worth it, man. Dave in Chicago. Hey, uh, guys. Hey, Fezzi. I, I, I love you, man. I love the show. But I think what makes Christians so upset is that had a Muslim said the exact same thing that Phil Robertson did, no one would be up in arms about it. In fact, in Muslim countries, they actually kill gays. And it's like, that's a protected class. I've never one time heard you go off on the way Muslims treat gays. They, he no, loves Muslims. This is actual, like... I've talked about the Iranian president, Ahmadinejad, when he comes to New York and starts his, his anti-gay speech. That's one person. You're going. I thought Brody like, choked him to death. Right it's, it's insane. <laughs> It's because no one guzzles more cum than Muslims. They love it. They love it. Once Baghdad got liberated, they all, they just said it was just, just fucking it's a fuck fest. Yeah, it's massive felching. <laughs> all they want to do is just bang dudes. They love it. I mean, the entire man population is at least bisexual. I don't even think they know their chicks that much. They just keep them in burkas the entire time. I know. It's awful. Make them fuck Come on. You know, honey, I got you a new fucking army blanket. I want you to wrap it around yourself and walk out in the heat. Look at this. It's awful. No, I made little slits for your eyes. Because <laughs> I don't want you smashed into a telephone pole. It's like seeing a couch walk down the street. And the craziest shit is, like, these wives of, like, the, of these sheiks or whatever, they're decked out in, like, $20,000 outfits underneath a burqa. Like, they all just dump cash on ridiculous designer clothing. It's insane. You already have a burqa. I had no idea. I thought that that was the clothing. No, no, no. It's, it's got to be hot as shit under there then. Yeah. They got the burqa and then ridiculous I'd say designers. it would get quite rank. <laughs> <laughs> Layering is an idea that should have never come to the Middle East. Well, For some stores. reason, don't they say that it makes you cooler to put more clothes on? I don't know. I've been to the fucking beach. Take off your jacket. <laughs> That's just burqa propaganda. Um... Alan, you're on the Run Fez show. <clears throat> Alan, Louisiana. Oh, hey. Um, I just wanted to know why he cares what poor cavemen in the middle of a swamp think. I mean, the whole point of the show is to just look down on them and laugh at them anyway. Apparently, this show is hugely popular, and this guy has a giant audience he's reaching out to with this hate speech. I don't think he's bringing them up anything to them that they haven't thought of themselves. But also, don't you like to see... A bunch of fucking dudes that you just think are just batshit crazy, isn't that you know somewhat interesting? 
Isn't that why people watched fucking Ozzy Osbourne? Because he was as different from them as they could imagine? The uh, third annual holiday photo contest is going on at com. You want to get your holiday photos in. Your chance to win Bad Santa. Great DVD signed by a great director, writer, producer, Billy Bob Thornton, Oscar winner. That's the price on the line. Make sure you send in your Christmas photos for the third annual holiday photo contest. Have you seen the photos that are up yet, Fuzz? Oh, yeah. Some of them are cute. Yes, some of them are cute. Um, you got the little kids bringing in their Christmas tree. Here's Dave. Dave, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Hey, hey, how y'all doing this morning? <laughs> Just listen to Fez paint a picture with words. Hey, yeah, well, listen. My, my, my thing is this. How do you turn a man's opinion into a hate crime? You know, Fez, you just said that this man's opinion may influence a child's parents to be anti-gay. Well, in the same instance, right, I said if the parents were already anti-gay and looked at this guy as a hero. Yeah, well, you're, you're making statements on it. What if there's the same kid on the fence about being a homosexual or not being a homosexual? He's confused. And you're on the air, you know, voicing your opinions, your rights, you know, and now you sway this child or this, this young person into... What would be wrong with that? Why would that be wrong? If, if a child decided he wanted to be gay from listening to a radio show or a song or anything else. There's very little chance of that. Uh, I, I thought we didn't choose being gay, Fez. I thought we were born this way. I thought we already had that. If he didn't chose to follow it. I mean, there's a song for it. There's a, <laughs> literally a theme song. Look, the, I, I'm going to tell you how little of a chance there is of that happening. All right, I brought up Blue Apron once, right? Yeah. And I talked about it, and people have been calling in and sending us pictures. Hey, since you talked about it, I'm on the Blue Apron now. What did you think of this? And they're going back and forth with me. Am I correct, Fess? Yes. How many fucking unsolicited phone calls have we ever taken for the hopper? (laughs) Not one! (laughs) Fess has done the goddamn things by himself for years, and he makes it sound so unappealing that he doesn't get a call. The best thing that could happen to Christian radio is letting Fez go out there and try to talk people into turning gay. <laughs> gay people would start chasing vagina. Uh, look at the pictures up there. They're cute, like with the kids and all. Um, here's Eric in Nebraska. You're on the run of Fez show. Hey, buddy. Yeah. Hey, Fez, got a question for you. Okay. Um, a year ago this week, uh, Sandy Hook happened. Or I should say a year ago Saturday. Do you still support the notion that the Second Amendment should be repealed and that all guns are bad and should be confiscated? Absolutely. Okay. Do you realize the NRA has 5 million members who right now, if they mobilize them, you would be off the air within a week and would never work in radio again because that's your opinion? My opinion doesn't include hurting anybody. My opinion doesn't include excluding anybody, kicking anybody out of society, telling them that what they do is uh, is is illegal. You're missing his point, Fez. His point being that this company would fold if they got five million emails saying to fire you. They would just say easier to pay Fez off. Yeah. 
uh, let's get him out the door. That's the that this is the big problem that I worry about. That every time some fucking group disagrees, can they get you knocked off of Fox News, MSNBC, Comedy Central? It happens. Alec Baldwin can't do his stupid, shitty show because he had an argument with a paparazzi and used the word some people find offensive. Rather than have a discussion with Alec Baldwin, we run him off the air. Oh, we're big winners for that. Well, now we're safe. Now we don't have to hear we that word. We are safe, and luckily there hasn't been any there hasn't been any gay fucking bashing since Alec Baldwin's been gone. <laughs> Which is so, something- by the way, I'm going to point this out. That's sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> I want to just make sure. Um, Howard. Let's whoops. Got it back. Uh, Howard, you're on the run of face show. Howard, once, twice. Yep. Go ahead, buddy. Yep. Do you realize Fez has done more talking today than he's done all week? But yet, you know, Why he you call him with a fake right name. Now? Howard's no, a fake name? real name. Yeah, this is one of those guys that I think it's the guy from Florida who always calls to try to get at no, me. No, it isn't Fez. I haven't listened to the show in quite a while, and it's the same drama for the past eight years. Same, same drama. Guy? Your issues. Yeah, you don't that's do a, the right it's, thing. It's the guy it's from Florida. Show. No, it isn't the guy. I'm from Minnesota. does sound like a Minnesota accent to me. He's trying. I think it's Joe. <laughs> <laughs> this is Joe from the Catholic Channel. <laughs> I'm here to represent the Catholic view of these things. Oh, jeez. We got uh, a spy report. Spy report. A death. Spy report. Spy report. This one hurts. Spy report. Passed away. Al Goldstein, the founder of Screw Magazine. Spy report. Oh, no. Spy report. Spy report. One of the classic pervs of all time. Spy report. Passes away at 77. I always thought he was 77, no matter what age he was. Spy report. Spy report. Um, it's a sad day. Uh, we're just losing so many of the Giants before Christmas. They used to say people hold on to after Christmas. I no longer believe that. I was going to guess Joel Cohen when you said someone passed away. From the Cohen brothers? Yeah, just one brother passes. Jesus. That would've, I'd, you would have fucking had to hear it through tears, and I'd be laying on the floor <laughs> if something happened to one of the Cohens. I feel like they should... Died at the same time. I just don't associate them as different people. Well, I don't know which one is which. I never... Right? I just call them the Coen brothers. Yeah. That was a weird thing for you just to pick out a random, healthy, younger person's name. Middle-aged, but, you know, (laughs) it would have been shocking to hear he fell over. Um... Here's Kyle. Kyle, you're on the Run of Fez show. Yeah, hey, Ron. I want to say that all firing these people does is forces them back into the closet where they can just uh, talk, to, talk to themselves about gay people. It doesn't create any dialogue. You want people to be able to speak freely, create the dialogue, have exchange of ideas. 
now you're just uh, cutting people off, and they're just going to breathe their hate or whatever Fez wants to call it behind closed doors. How is that going to help anybody? I think this guy would, uh, what he said, would force people back into the closet. <laughs> if there, if if there's someone whose family loves this show, sees what this guy says, agrees with him, yeah, why would you feel comfortable coming out to them? Why why should you come out to them? Why don't you just move to Atlanta, San Francisco, New York, Philadelphia, Miami? Why don't you get out of fucking bum fuck Louisiana? Well, you're never going to fucking pick up a dude. Move to Austin. It's pretty close. Move to Austin. <laughs> Move to the Salt, Salt Lake City. There's supposed to be a hipster scene there. Get the fuck out of Louisiana. Move to New Orleans. You'll be fucking meeting all kinds of dudes. Oh, yeah. But get out of fucking camel dick fucking... <laughs> Where do these guys live? Louisiana. But it's almost like in Texas, right? One of those things. Yeah, the border. It's like a border town. I think it's weird down there. Like, you find out that there's places in Louisiana that look more like fucking Texas than swampy. I just think it all should look like uh, the bayou. Like, everyone should be on one of those boats, one of those fan yeah. boats. Fucking <laughs> gators jumping up at it's you and even, shit. Not even roads. It's just all fucking waterways. No. Fucking mounds coming to you by water. <laughs> West well, Monroe, Louisiana is where they're at. Well, that looks like it's almost, what, Mississippi? Oh, no. Where is that at? Well, give me the big picture. Give me some color of the states. Yeah, uh, like right, actually closer to Arkansas than Mississippi, but right right there. Right it's between fucked up. Arkansas and Mississippi. Who gives a shit? If you're fucking living there, you got believe whatever you need to get through the fucking night. I don't know how you do it. Right by a nice fucking wild See, I, I think where they are, they're nowhere near a gator. That's our own fucking prejudice. That we just see, see them all swamp people. Yeah, they are the exact opposite of New Orleans, like yeah. across the state. They should just open a duck call place in New Orleans. Switch up for the new season. I'd, uh, I I would try to expand the business and add extra animal calls. Like oxen calls? Elk. I don't know if you're going to fucking shoot an oxen anywhere. <laughs> I like to bring an elk into this shit, though. Breaking in Canada. Um, here's uh, Jay. Jay, in Tampa, you're on the Ron Fez Show. Ronnie B., first off, I want to wish you and uh, everybody there a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Jay. Same to you, my back. friend. Listen, I just was wondering, Fezzi, uh, why do you why do you fight the fight against the against the gays so much when you're not gay? I'm not fighting against the gays. Well, the fight again uh, that that you find to stick up for the gay people all the time when you're not gay is what I'm wondering. I'm gay. You, you've had a sexual experience with a man? No, but I, I appreciate you using Ronnie's line. Well, I listen to Ronnie every day. Why wouldn't I use his line? Because it's uh, not yours. Well, I didn't know that speech was, uh, you know, specific to each individual. I, uh, you use his lines all the time. It's all right for you. Um, you're the one calling in, acting like you've got something original here. Like, ooh, you caught me. I haven't had sex with a man yet. 
Like you, oh, 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 boy, oh, I'm, I'm backed into a corner now. Jay from Jay from Tampa found out that I'm a virgin. Oh no! What am I going to do? I never heard. I'm so embarrassed right now. For Jay, no. (laughs) We all are, Ron. We're all embarrassed for Jay. Um, I'm just more embarrassed on a performance level. Uh, Richard, you're on the Run and Fez show. Richard. Yeah, this is Richard. I was just going to say that following by Fez's logic, that, that Finn Gillette would have never been able to come on the show and talk about anti-Christian values and anti-God shit. And he's the one that convinced Fez to get away from the Bible and the church and all that shit. It'd still be in the damn closet making fun of fags and, and retards and crazy people. You really got to fix your timeline, buddy. Well, he was right that Penn and Gillette convinced you that your father no longer existed. Yeah, but Penn Gillette uh, isn't tra- wasn't trying to turn anything bad on me. There's nothing wrong with being an atheist. I see something wrong with being a Christian homophobic. Um, do you think uh, Penn Gillette would be agreeing with you that he wants this guy run off the air? No, Penn would, uh, Gillette would not agree with that. Why not? Penn Gillette would want this guy to put out his ignorance to as many people as possible so it could be seen as that ignorance. He might be on something. Whereas I'm not at that point yet. Oh, but you may be one day. Um, I don't know. I doubt it. But my my views have changed already. Right. So why hold on to the why do you hold on to the views that you have today so tightly? Like you said, you change your mind. Because I'm a gay, Pendulette is not. Hold he on, may I'm, not have that same uh feeling towards it. Uh, I would say that Pendulette has more empathy to people than most people I've ever met before. Penn Gillette is one of the most fair minded people I've ever heard talk um anyone would be well to follow his moral code uh chris Stanley, i can't take my mind off of this you have your hair piled up now on the top of your head and, <laughs> and almost in a beehive and you don't mean to do that i no. think you used your headphones and it's it's piled your hair up from the back it sounds like a good look i have to look at a mirror here headphone barrettes it's outstanding, if you want to be honest. Thank you. All right, that looks fucking crazy. Yeah, it's very funny, though. I want you to keep it. Uh, Brad, you're on the Run and Fez show. Hey, guys. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas, Ronnie. Hey. Hey, Fuzzy, I'm just trying to understand your logic here, and I'm going to try to keep this as simple as possible. We were to ask you, do you like vagina? What is your answer? It would be no. Okay, so are you then going to go out and beat up women because you don't like vagina? Isn't that a hatred, a dislike? Isn't that a hetero bashing? Uh, No, I'm not uh, throwing the Bible in people's faces and the things it says about women. But, so... The grounds that you're standing on are the Bible. I'm saying for myself, I don't like vagina. This guy is saying all gays are wrong. All gays are like uh, beast fuckers. That's making sense. And that's not how I interpreted it. I, interpreted I don't it either. Just, 
he just disliked the lifestyle, which is okay. I mean, I dislike lifestyles. I don't give a shit who likes dick and who doesn't. You know what? I I mean, let's just even go through that of how many people, you know, that hipsters have to hear every day that somehow they're so incredibly wrong. All day long. And fake and terrible and (laughs) shitty and awful. And they seem to be okay with it. (laughs) The hipster bashing that takes place. Rednecks. You can make fun of rednecks all fucking day long. I think they want you to make fun of them. I don't think that saying that you don't like or you disagree with certain things or it's not your way of being leads to any kind of beating. I know it doesn't. I know there's a lot of people who don't like certain things. I don't like college football fans, <laughs> but I wouldn't try to stop them from going to the game. I think they overreact. I got a, an, uh, an idea. Let's round up. Let's start rounding up college football plans. Put them in one place. We'll call it the South. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. We got a break here. Jeffrey Gurian's coming by later on today. Um, we'll do some more rip from the headline stuff. Uh, a lot more going on, but you know, this is, we're about only one and a half shows left from being on the ONA channel. Six and a half hours. I'm starting to even hear rumors that maybe even all of us aren't going. Really? I might be staying here doing a separate show from you guys. <laughs> so just be being Fez on Raw Dog? You guys have the chemistry. Serious XM, Comedy Hits 99. Yeah. You guys are always hanging out together, being friends. <laughs> oh, yeah. We learned that this week. Uh, let's, um, you know, it, it, this is, I just want to also point this out, which um, while we're having this discussion, it seems weird that Al Goldstein died, who, you know, made his living as a pornographer, but also as a freedom of speech advocate. Um, he was an amazing guy in his own way. In the middle of all that filth, he was an amazing important guy for other people's rights. Pornographers are important people, and they just get vilified. Well, they, they, but they're also, anyone who supports First Amendment rights supports pornography, or pornographers' uh, ability to put it out there and for their fans to go and enjoy it. It's an important thing. It protects the rest of our rights. It certainly does. And there are plenty of people who would feel like what Al Goldstein did uh, showed that the end times were upon us. But I don't think that he ever forced anyone to view any pictures um, that didn't want to. And I also believe, and I'm not 100% of this, but Al was the guy who came up with the number of stiff cocks on how good a (laughs) movie was when he... um, uh, reviewed one of the films. It's a great measuring device. 
And as weird as it is to say, we were, we were better off with them. Becomes very, very helpful for most of us. All right, we're going to break here. We'll be back. It's the Ron and Fez Show. Ron and Fez. It's the Ron and Fez Show, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. The annual holiday photo contest is up on the iBang. Already Christmas pictures coming in. Chris Stanley, I guess we'll get something from you in... uh, A European Christmas uh, Vienna picture. Behind bars in Vienna. Oh, God. Um, So that's up. On the iBang, ripping a couple stories out of the headlines. CNN already says that they want Jay Leno. Um, <laughs> it is, and NBC is backpedaling, saying, "Well, we definitely want to sign Jay and keep him in some position here." Sure. Hopefully, at ten o'clock, where we plan to do. <laughs> and it's Jeff Zucker who was at NBC when when originally when Conan went over. So it's like this. It's the same guy who pushed nothing him. changes. It's just crazy TV shit. <laughs> Um, and Jay, I don't know why he ever lets them push him out, but then he never really goes. I hope he takes one of these gigs just to keep it interesting for the rest of us. I'd be worried if I was Anderson Cooper. He's got that 10 o'clock spot on CNN. He might find himself in some trouble. Uh, there is, uh, Jennifer Lawrence, uh, did some story on one of the shows about her butt plugs. Yeah. That the maid, uh, laid out nicely for her. She's become the... When is the backlash going to start, girl? It's 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 just about this time. People are going to start losing it. She's got to start and watch out for her stuff. She's got to start and uh, protect herself. It's the same exact thing that happened to Anne Hathaway last year. When she was up for Les Mis, people started losing it and started hating her. It's yeah, the, when, It's the short hairdo. That starts the backlash. Same with Anne Hathaway. Cut your hair short, ladies. It's going to start happening. That's mean, Fez. That's really nice anti-short pixie cuts. It's adorable. That's anti-pixies. I have some friends that have pixie cuts. They're lovely people. <laughs> they were born that way. They didn't choose it. Um, there's a article up. I'm not sure where we linked to this at. Uh, about the writer hates the term guilty pleasure. If something gives you pleasure... You're not guilty about it. Well, I've always agreed with that. But I think we use the word guilty pleasure when we're trying to let people know, 
I don't put this on the same emphasis on something great. You know I what know I mean? This is bad. Like it's okay to say, I love you know. Oh, I love Chicago hot dogs. You're not saying, oh, that's as good as going to a four-star restaurant. It's a guilty pleasure. Maybe even the day after you went or the for lunch that day, you're going to eat a dog, though. Uh, if you're saying you like some silly rom-com, you're not saying it's as good as The Godfather. You're just saying uh, Breakfast Club. I love Breakfast Club. Do you have guilty pleasures that way, Hicks, or you don't refer to them that way? Um, I have, um, I yeah, I do. I have a big one. It's Andrew WK. I know people might not love him like I do, but I know that it's not, you know. But he caught you at some point in your life when you needed a party anthem for yourself. Exactly. And so much so that I'm going to go see him on New Year's Eve at Irving Plaza. <laughs> Really? Yeah. I, I cannot wait to go see this. I feel like everyone should go see You're Andrew WK. for this. I cannot wait to go see Andrew WK on New Year's Eve. It's the first time I've ever been in a concert for New Year's Eve. It's going to be weird. I, I'm very excited, though. Will it go down at midnight? Yeah, it's going down at midnight. Yeah, he's doing his entire album, I Get Wet, which is really exciting for that's me. That's one of your favorite? Oh, yeah. It's, that's, that's the album. That's Party Hard. So you are somewhat guilty. Or somewhat embarrassed of your love for him. <laughs> yes, I, no, I de- not someone I am. I definitely am. Yeah, Fez, do you get the point of this? Yeah, I will see. Do you use the word guilty pleasure? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, because there's things that I find pleasure in that I do feel, if not guilty, at least strange afterwards. Oh God, this doesn't turn sexual, is it? No, 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 no. Is it fingering your ass? No, it's not fingering my ass this time. No, like I, uh, you know, every now and then, I every few months I will hit a KFC. That's a guilty pleasure because first of all, I'm guilty. I shouldn't be having that crap whatsoever because of my heart condition, and I do feel I feel sick afterwards, but still go back there. I think that's a total definition of guilty pleasure. Even more so That's than... That's more of a, almost like a shameful pleasure. Yeah. I didn't even know... Now, all these years I knew you, I didn't even know you were a KFC guy. I never once saw you go there for lunch or bring it up. When we lived in Washington, um, I was constant. I constantly had a bucket in my house. I would run through the drive-thru on the way home. I think that's where it started, and every now and then I still hit it. And you're you're upset because you have the heart condition. Yeah, yeah. So I feel very guilty about that. Mm. Yours might be less of a guilty pleasure and uh, more of self destruction. <laughs> um, I think that the reason why we use it is because we don't have a better word. The word the Feds calls the neologism. The neologism. To give it a better thing of, here's something I get enjoyment out of, but yes, I know it's not Dylan. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I'm singing along with Miley Cyrus at the top of my li- my lungs. I get that this, I'm not putting this in the same place as I put the band, but it doesn't mean I don't like to sing along with it. It's still catchy. Um Here's uh, Jack. Jack, you're on the Run of Fest show. 
pretty sure Pepper's guilty pleasure is that dip. Oh, yeah. I don't like dip. Oh, yeah. D- no, thank you. He was born this way, born nice and gay. I like party hard. That's all I like. Come on. That's mine. And when we party, we will party hard. I do know this song. This is from Madden, right? Hell yeah. What Madden? Do you remember? Uh, Madden 2006. 2000, Madden 2007. I've uh, sung along with this song when I was on my way for a big fucking game. I'm like, don't oh, <laughs> I'm going to be singing along this New Year's Eve. He's been around a while then. Yeah. Austin, you're on the Run of Fest show. Yeah, like eight or nine years ago on Long Island, I saw Andrew WK. You're going to have a fucking blast, Chris. I can't wait. It's Irving Plaza. Do he invited everybody up on stage, and I gave him a kiss, and he literally <laughs> dropped the mic, chased me across the stage, and gave me a kiss right back. It was fucking awesome, man. You got to try wait. to get on stage, Chris. Oh, I will. He'll invite Too you drunk. up. He's going to make eye contact with you, Pepper. You'll be up there before you fucking know it. Good. Then we'll just make out the entire time. Uh, Jay, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, what's up, guys? Talking about uh, music, I'm a big, I, I love rock music, like Deftones, Chevelle, things like that. But every now and then I'll pop in my old Cranberry CD and listen to Linger and things like that. And I think that's kind of a guilty pre- pleasure because I sure don't want anybody to know that I have it mm-hmm. in my truck. So you just like, you're in your truck and no one's around. You spit out your tobacco and you just push in the cranberries. Let yourself <laughs> no go tobacco, back to the but 90s. Yeah, other than that, you're right. Hey, uh, Ben, Ben in Jersey, you're on the Ryan Fez show. Hey, one, two, seven, seven, two, checking in. It's old school. Hoo-ah! Hoo-ah! Yeah. Hey, uh, I wanted to thank you guys for putting up a picture of my coworker. His uh, last year's Christmas uh, picture was the most hilarious thing I've ever seen. And you guys put it up. I told him to send it in, and you guys put it up. Yesterday. What is it? It's uh, his wife in the wedding dress with the uh, Miller Lite cozy. <laughs> oh, yeah, I saw this one. looks great. Yeah, it's fantastic. He he came to my desk immediately this morning and said, "You won't believe what I just saw." No, that's great. <laughs> I got everybody sending their dog pictures because they got I got a lot of dog people here. All right, dude. I appreciate it. Peace. So, thank you. Take it easy. All right, uh, that's all up on the eye bang. Uh, the Christmas picture contest is always fun. Um, we run a couple of these a year. We always do the grilling at Fourth of July, which just makes us hungry. But the Christmas pictures are great. I can't wait to see Chris Stanley's. Vienna. Classy, classy Vienna. <laughs> and amazing old, prize this year. 
old world. <laughs> Back to the old world. David, I read up. David celebrating Christmas since 1258. Nice. Amazing. Uh, Bad Santa is the prize uh, signed by Billy Bob Thornton for this year's winner of the third annual holiday photo contest. Fez, I'm going to remind you, I brought it up today. I want you to think about this over Christmas break. The difference of me talking about Blue Apron and you talking about the Hopper. I remember that before. You want to talk about the amazing prize and what that does to people. I want you to really try to connect at the new station. And not just fill time. I did not do a live read for the Blue Apron. I explained my passion for it, and now other people want to do it. And I think when you just put the prize out there, pop, 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 Blue Apron, pop, pop, pop. I think I think if I would have talked about it that way, it would have won in one year and out the other. I don't want you to read in the new year. I want hey. you, I want you to reach. Maybe why sometimes you have a hate for the audience. Um, here's, uh, Tim. You're on the Ronnie Fez show. Yeah, I got two guilty pleasures. Yeah. Huey Lewis in the news and old naked gun movies. Now, let me ask you, do you hate the term guilty pleasure or you're okay with it? I'm okay with it. It's something where I just feel afterwards like I don't want to tell any of my friends I was actually listening to it. You know, you want a new drug. You know what I mean? That's your fucking scene right now, dude. You want a new drug. Lewis, the Manhattan, you're on the Run Fez show. Hey, what's up, guys? Um, yeah. I just want to let you all know, I think that, uh, I don't know the title of it, the party song you guys Party Hardy or something like party that. Party Hard, baby, Andrew WK. Yeah, that, that shit is on Madden 2004, 2005, not 2007. Really? Yeah. Because that was the last Madden game I had. That goes back like 10 years then. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I fucking sang my ass off to that when I was fucking crushing. Andrew WK's the man. He knows how to make party music. I believe that was the first year the Eagles ever fucking won a Super Bowl, and they've won every one since. <laughs> wow, they were a real dynasty. That start, yeah, that started the... I call it a duck dynasty right now. Uh, Making you're on the Run Fez show. I'd probably, say, I'd probably say Roxy would be a guilty pleasure, just because, like... Like if you're around people doing Roxy and like they're too adamant about how much they like it, you're like, it's a little off-putting and like you know you do feel guilty and it is pleasurable. Like I, I don't know, I think that's probably on point for a guilty pleasure. Mm. Hi, right, bro. And also, I was gonna say, uh, you know, I know you guys are off the roll, but uh, if Fez wants to get all his anger out in this last show, last couple of shows, that'd probably be great since we're about to transition, you know. Yeah, I think it's true. You're coming back as a new guy, right, Fez? Absolutely. You're going to call yourself Reedy Richards? Just read stuff to people? No, that's not the plan. Too bad. I would love it. Um, here's uh, Luke. You're on the Run Fez show. Ronnie, what's going on? Yeah. Ultimate guilty players got to be professional wrestling without question. I think a lot of people are just up front about it now. Um, our buddy Spanky Frank started to do a podcast about it. Oh, nice. He goes, I take your advice about being specific in my podcast. And I go, I think a lot of people podcast pro wrestling. And then he didn't write back to me. I took that as a certain fuck you, Ronnie B. Oh, really, Spanky Frank? That's what you're saying now. 
Sorry, the goddamn WCW report isn't going to go over as well as you thought. WCW. Today in WCW news, this thing is my surprise. There is none. It doesn't exist anymore. Fez, you're a wrestling guy. Is that a guilty pleasure or a pleasure for you? It's a pleasure. I've always talked about it. I actually talked about it more in my adult life, but I loved wrestling since I was a kid. But then it was a guilty pleasure. I didn't know any other kids at school that were into it and never talked about it like in middle school or high school. Never brought it up. Total guilty pleasure then. Um, you know, I, I mean, if there was going to be a guilty pleasure, because I think if you are a fan of wrestling, you know it's not a sport. You know what I mean? And it certainly isn't then an art form that compares to theater or film. Or, you know what I mean? Like the acting part, you're like, well, it's just a soap opera. But you realize that it's not even a good soap opera. That, that yes, are there a couple guys who could really cut promos and be funny or interesting? Yeah. Um, but most of them can't. Most of them are bad. So the fact is you can like things that aren't all that great. I don't know why you feel guilty. Um, but I do think that you're attempting to say to people... I want you to believe that I'm better than the pleasure that I get from this. See what I mean? <laughs> yeah. That, yes, I do. I am going to rock with Andrew WK, but I understand that he's not on the same level. <laughs> okay. He's not going to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and I'm not going to call for it. He's going to go to the Party Hall of Fame, though. And I have a hard time believing the kids weren't watching wrestling at any point. Um, let's go uh, to Tyler. Tyler, you're on the Ronnie Fez show. Hey, Ronnie, uh, Ronnie Fez. I got a uh, kind of a two-in-one. First of all, I was the first and uh, probably last guy to still have a shower CD player. Uh, I think I got one in 94, and I still use it every day. And uh, I still have Britney Spears Lucky uh, that I listen to. Often in the shower, so yeah, that's not even good me. for a Britney Spears song. It's like a B side. Yeah, weird. Yeah, I go deep on Britney Spears. But isn't the whole point of popular music that you're supposed to sing along with it, even if you don't want to? Like, if you put on hits one, you can say, "Oh, this is shit. This is what," but you'll end up singing along. You cannot stop yourself. We all know the words to "Call Me Maybe." All right, when that fucking song is. Injected into your brain. <laughs> yeah, and you can say that you hate it, but you enjoy singing along. This is just weird, though. Britney Spears lucky. Well, I feel bad about how upset she is in her beautiful studio apartment. And by studio, I mean she's living in a studio. A film <laughs> studio. You know, with all these things, she's still alone. With all the success and money and fame. Well, that's because she's so fucked up on drugs. She can't get along with others. <laughs> I didn't get that from this video. Uh, Phil, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, uh, Ron. Yeah. yeah. I I'm a metal and a hard rock guy, so I, I can't tell my friends that I like a couple songs like uh, Miley Cyrus' Party in the USA and uh, Britney Toxic. You know what? There, there was some... 
YouTube, though, that they interviewed a bunch of fucking metal guys saying, hey, do you have a favorite Top 40 song? And they all were spitting out different fucking songs. <laughs> They're like, I got to sing along with this one. You can't fucking help it. Wow, well, I never saw her back in those days. She looks completely different, huh? Oh, yeah. I think the music's better, too. I think she's grown as an artist. Oh, yeah. Way too many clothes on in this, also. But I also gotta say, this party in the USA, you can't ask for much more. I, I mean, it is true. This is how we live our lives. I feel like she's creeping on Andrew WK's uh, real estate party? here. He didn't know him party. <laughs> he does now. I think KC and the Sunshine Band was into that fucking scene before Andrew was born. All right, stop this shit. Just because we mentioned the song doesn't mean it has to fucking come up seconds later. I wasn't sure how it sounded like. I want to know if it's By the way, from this point on, I don't shave until we come back. Nice. My dad never used to shave on his vacations, and we used to laugh and tease him. And, you know, like, oh, Mr. Beer, you know, <laughs> look at how reckless you are. Let the hair down. But uh, I was actually thinking to my sm- myself this morning, I don't got any people coming in here except for friends. I can really let my face breathe for the next couple of weeks. Get a nice stubble on. I do it all yeah. the time. It feels good. It does feel good. It's good. Look. When I was a little kid, I always dreamed of having a 5 o'clock shadow. The 5 o'clock shadow, (laughs) and really the 9 o'clock shadow, you know what I mean, where you know it looks repulsive, it's the best thing, you know, like when you're just grossing out chicks, that's that's where you're at your best. That's being a man. Yeah. I love it. Like when the chick is like... Oh, I'm not sure if I even like that. You're hurting my face. Yeah. It's turning into a neck beard. And like they start questioning, like, you think you're going to keep that? <laughs> yeah, I was telling you, I was thinking about that this morning. I think it's looking, starting to look good. It's really starting to get fucking growing. No, I don't know what I'm going to do with it. It's pretty fucking shaggy, though. <laughs> Um, Snow, you're on the run of the show. Oh, God. Snow, he just disappeared the second I hit him. I hope he's not dead. <laughs> I think he is. Um, Drew, you're on the run of the show. Hey, guys. Merry Christmas to all of you. And thinking about... You just disappeared. Something with my phone six? I don't know. It's fucking, uh, oh, by the way, Gabe was bothering Jeremy Coleman as uh, Jeremy Coleman was peeing. One of our old interns, Gabe, stopped in today to help us out. Gabe. Send him in, because he's one of my favorite people. Gabe, come on in here. I can't believe he's, he's getting in the face of executives. Gabe is one of my only buddies who likes theater. Hey there. Hey. Gabe. <laughs> How you doing, the, man? This microphone means that we don't have to yell to the listeners. Oh, I did? I yeah. apologize, listeners. If you see me open a window, <laughs> go ahead and feel free to shout. But why we use this microphone. Microphone. Okay. Uh, we'll be fine. Awesome. Hey. Um, 
So you were hassling Jeremy while he was peeing. Yeah, you know, I got excited. He's a big star. I want to say hi to him. Yeah. He didn't seem pleased. No, he wasn't. <laughs> Some people don't like to be talked to when they pee. Yeah, the bathroom isn't the place to, to approach people. Really? I actually like to have a conversation at the urinal. I have no problem with that either. See? It's just, hey, how you but doing? But here's the thing. Yeah. Once someone goes into a stall, that's their private time. I don't think you should be yelling over the stall to them. Uh, I do that as a joke. Is that okay? Oh, yeah. If you just if you know you're being annoying. Okay. Um, one of the things I do to Fez, uh-huh. I either slap water on his back when he's at the urinal and ends it, <laughs> or pull his shirt up. <laughs> and my bladder slams shut immediately. <laughs> now, first of all, that's funny enough between us, but I do it in a packed fucking restroom here <laughs> when people don't know whether I know him or not. That must be so confusing for the onlookers. No, and then they'll yell out. No, and then he'll start yelling. Now I'll never be able to pee. <laughs> After oh. a squeal of the but, cold water. But uh, you can actually make Fez stop by just going like this. Taking a nice thick piss, somebody. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> what happened? What happened to that stream? The... Um, I'll, I also say to him, take a step back before you start hitting the urinal puck. Because he'll <laughs> fucking get up on it. No, you got to, like, let you You got to fucking get yeah. it back a little bit. You're going to get splashbacks. I like to crop. put a fucking leg up, too. That- <laughs> <laughs> You're still, uh, you have a ner- literally a nervous bladder. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, well, it's hard to start, but it stops on a dime. Why is it hard to start? Because even at home, at home, even at home, I close the bathroom door, even though I'm all by myself. <laughs> That's crazy. That is kind of weird. Is I it? mean, I should Michael just remove the door from my bathroom. Maybe he's trying to with it. Maybe yeah. he's just trying not to get into a bad habit. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I did do that at my buddy's place. I fucking went and started pissing, and he closed the door behind me. I was like, "Why are you doing that for?" I I I rarely close the door when I go into piss. It's just a piss. Yeah. Everybody knows what's going on in there. That's what I'm afraid of. Do you close the door when you go into the stalls to pee? I don't go into a stall to pee. I see people do that. Yeah, what's with them? I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't interrogate them next time. No. Well, they they're no. probably shy bladders, right? Yeah, they're probably really shy bladders, but see, I still use a urinal because if I wet in the stall and close the door to pee, there's going to be the piss hitting the water noise, which makes me even more pee shy. So what? I don't know how those bladder shy people are using so, well, the stall. There's some people that are more like cock shy. And I know it's like sometimes some of the stars will come here and they'll go and piss into a stall. And I'm like, well, I can't blame them. You know what I mean? They probably don't want to fuck somebody to take a picture of their dick and have it end up on Instagram. And I'll yell at this all. I don't mind you. Fucking hide that thing, dude. You had three $100 million movies in a row. You don't want anybody to see that little dick. And stop showing up. Keep that thing precious. Precious cock. You protect that precious payload of yours. But Fez, I think you find places to worry where you don't need to. And the bathroom is one place. Well, with the bathroom, it doesn't even feel like me worrying so much. It feels more like my body doing it for me. Because mm. I don't go in there unless I really have to go. Yeah, but it's so got to be I've at got least... that in my mind. Let's do this. Yeah, but it's got to be at least your subconscious that you think people care whether they hear your fucking piss hitting the water. So if, if the stalls are full or the urinals are full, you won't go into the stall to pee? You'll just no. wait it out? Yeah. Really? Yeah, I'll but just I, go back later. If I piss in the toilet like this... 
all go like this. You're about to hear the long, deep sound of Rana B. <laughs> that was a Willem Dafoe thing. I can't think of what it was, but he he was bragging about how fucking deep his piss went in. <laughs> well, that was great the day Dafoe was in here, wasn't it? Oh, it was ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Remember he was doing that crazy fucking play? Yeah, but the armory. Remember who else was in it? Anthony. Oh, yeah, Anthony. Yeah. And... The very famous performance artist. Come on, Chris Stanley. Defoe, Anthony, Armory. You call him Anthony? Anthony. I always call that one well, word. Well, by the way, I'm going to that show tonight. Oh, nice. Very nice. It's because I live in a different world than you do, party hard. <laughs> I live in the world of the arts. AWK. I'm just saying this without making a big deal out of it. I will be the guest of somebody... Involved with that. Wow. Yeah, just keep it close. That. That's really cool. Yeah. Can I ask who? No. <laughs> okay. I'm keeping that person. You know, that person was nice enough to reach out to me. How about you respect Ron's privacy, Gabe? Well, maybe Ron is okay with sharing it, Chris. There's no need to get so. Why are you acting? You don't even know who uh, Marino uh, Bromwich is, and yet you're acting like you're better than fucking Gabe here. <laughs> well, I'm not getting up all up in your shit. Like Gabe is. Was I too forward, Ron? No, I, w- I put it out there in a way of saying, oh, look, I'm getting some nice, you know, treatment. <laughs> That's really cool, actually. <laughs> From someone I should just refer to as a fellow star Ooh. and leave it at that. Wow. You know, why put myself down? <laughs> <laughs> um, so everything came out good on Raw Dog last night with oh. the Ron Bankton interviews. Beautiful. Little Stephen Van Zandt. The way he said it, it sounded like it was his own son that went there. <laughs> I would either call him Little Steven or Steven Van Zandt. You should go with Little Steven Van Zandt. <laughs> but putting it all together. Yeah, 8 p.m. aired last night. There's going to be replays over the weekend. I was hosting a dinner party last night with Mr. Fez Watley. <laughs> hey, uh, we have a Christmas song to play. Mike Zito, and I believe he's given this out to what he called the Zulu Nation. The Zulu Nation. Zito Nation. Hmm? The Zito, the Mike Zito's Worldwide Fan Club. But that's not a real thing, is it? The Zulu Nation, I thought (laughs) for sure was. They they have have a currency. (laughs) (laughs) They call it the Zito coin. So, what's the name of this song? Blue Christmas. Oh, the famous Blue Christmas? Mike Zito's Blue Christmas. Okay. One, two, three, four. Tree. 
won't be the same, dear, if you're not here with me. And when those blue snowflakes start falling, that's when those blue memories start calling. You be doing all right with your Christmas of white, but I'll have a blue, blue, blue Christmas. made me a little sad. It just seemed like, you know, he wasn't going to have a nice Christmas. No, I think the, the Merry Christmas at the end really brought all together to happiness. That's Mike Zito. He's sending that song out free to his Zulu nation. Uh, go over and uh, check it out on the iBang. They have a link to his SoundCloud. Yeah. It's a cloud, mm-hmm. but filled with sound or thunder, I guess. Weird. It looks nice, though. Oh, yeah. Nice waveform there. Sure. So the Zulu Nation will be enjoying that. Zito Nation. The Mike Zito Nation is a worldwide fan club. There's Barbara Walters. Uh, looking good. She is looking good. Remember she came up here all the time, like once a week? She used to come up every Monday, and I don't, I don't know how she pulled it off, but she was in the fishbowl. Yeah. Every single week, just all by herself or like with her and her producer and normally one guest. And I'm like, this is amazing. It was really cool. One of the most amazing experiences of my life, and I'm not making this up. So I'm walking down, uh, and this had to be a couple years ago, two or three, I guess. And I'm going to leave here in the lobby. But it was still enough that the madness of this place was still, like, making me cock my head instead of just taking it uh, for granted. Um, so I'm walking out of here, and um, there's Barbara Walters, and she's talking to Andy Williams. And it's just him and a piano player and, and her, and I'm like, they're going to do a tune. And I go into, you know, into the studio. I'm just standing there, you know, being a fly on the wall. And Andy Williams does Moon River and crushed it. And I'm, you know, sitting here. I'm like, there's Barbara Walters. There's Andy Williams. And they're all alone. And I'm just eavesdropping on this conversation. 
And then he does this world-famous song that he's done for 50 years, Moon River. And, you know, I think it was like in the last year or two, he passed away. And I was thinking, as it's happening, I'm like, this is one of those situations that when I tell my parents, it's, you know what I mean, it's going to be bigger than life. But even at the time I got it myself, like, this is a very unusual thing to have the opportunity to see something like this. Just walking down the hall of your job. And I was lucky I didn't burst into tears. He was so fucking dead on, even at his age. And it was just her, like, looking at him. And this is what, you know, I guess, like, her age group, this would have been, like, you looking at Andrew W.K. Okay. You know, just the two of you, and he's singing Party Hard. Oh, my God. Into your face. Now Now I understand. Um... But it was stunning. It was just a uh, stunning thing to do. Um, it is the Ron Fez show. Boy, one more show tomorrow, and then we're out. You're looking at the Kim Kardashian pictures, huh? Yeah, these are the first uh, Kim Kardashian pictures of her post-pregnancy uh, in, a, in a bikini. Somehow, a photographer got a piece, got, got her. Kevin Ham said, wanted to remind me that it's wild at heart. Wild at heart. It looks like she lost the baby weight. I'm not going to be a hater. And she's almost wearing nothing. Um, here's, uh, well, an email just came in. And, you know, we do get emails. And these mails, this email, it's sent electronically. And now, Ron and Fez, the show of the future, brings you... Electronic mail. Mail sent electronically. This says, Ronnie B., I need your advice. Followed by quite a few interrobangs. My dad just retired, and for my 30th birthday, he wants to take me to Clearwater for Philly Spring Training in March for three nights. We are big Philly fans from South Jersey. Problem is, I am married with two young kids. My wife, who can be on the bitchy side, of course, is freaking out and can't understand how I can leave my family to go on vacation with my dad. Question is, do I do? Do I go? Should I feel bad? Am I wrong for going? Please help. Well, obviously you're wrong for marrying the a person who couldn't understand why this is important to you. But as I look here and I see Chris Stanley, who no longer has his dad, Fez Watley, who no longer has his dad, Pips is without his dad. Um, the fact of the matter is part of adulthood is realizing you might not have certain people around and you don't know when they could be taken from you. That's something you don't think about when you're when you're a kid, but you think about that as an adult. And if you can have that opportunity to share ball games with your dad, particularly spring training, and I'm gonna give you this. March seems a little on the early side. You know what I mean? It can still be a little blustery down there. But is a spring training is one of the great things and, and one of the greatest days of my life is when I went to spring training with my dad and taking my son to his first ball game. And uh, 
he, my son, was so young that we had to say, look, this is a no-pamper trip, dude. <laughs> if you're going, you're going to p- piss in the urinal. And he's like, oh, definitely. You know what I mean? Let's go. <laughs> I'm two, and I'm ready to go to the ballpark. And uh, But sitting there, you know, with those two guys, uh, you know, even thinking to myself, well, we got this. You know what I mean? We made this happen. Chris, don't you wish that there was some kind of thing that you could have said when you were an adult? Got to do this with my dad? Uh, it, of course I do. I mean, I have a lot of hatred towards him, but there still is a nugget of of, of love. Fez, how much would you give for one more Bucks game with your dad? I would love to do that. Would you bitch at him about the position that you left your mom in the whole time? And why didn't you tell everybody you fucked up the finances? Bring it up. Shove his At halftime. Shove a checkbook in his face. You got to go, dude. And you got to say to your check, look, I know you're a bitch. I know you're a f- I know you got no respect for me, but this is what I'm doing. Three days is going to ruin the, their, your the entire life. Some women can't be happy if their man's having fun without them. And the dad brought it's not like he it's, it's this guy's idea, right? The dad wanted to give him a gift. Come on, go. You go and you regret nothing. Here's the thing. If you're in any kind of relationship or friendship, the best thing that you can do is be supportive of that other person's um, enthusiasms, no matter what they are. That's when you know that you're in, you know, with somebody who's caring about you, not just getting shit from you. You and your dad are going to go down there, and that ballpark, there's plenty of party places around there. There's places to cop crack, and there's hookers. There's even Scientology in Clearwater. You got it all. Make make a weekend of it. And by the way, to ask another man this advice, it means you haven't made it to adulthood. I don't know. Should I go with my dad to the ball game? Yes. If you get a chance to go fishing with your dad, go. If you get a chance to go to a ball game with your dad, go. Do those things. They're not going to be there forever. The only thing I won't go to my dad with is church. And I go, you know that's early. And I don't like to get up on an empty stomach. And no one around here likes to cook until after church. It's boring. I'm going to sleep late, wake up, and you make me some giant pancakes. I hope the whole Zulu Nation is enjoying that thing. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel picked his YouTube clip of the year. Um, I won't give it away, but there was a monkey wearing a snowsuit, which I'd never seen before, and I'm a giant fan of now. Oh, yeah. That guy's great. Or that primate. You know, I think you could call primates, guys. I think that... Maybe monkeys aren't the only animal that look funny clothed, but no animal looks better than them clothed. Well, nothing else is close to walking upright. And that fucker, he looks like an Ewok or some shit. With that on. <laughs> I mean, he's looking strong. I said more like an elf. Like, that's what, like, if an elf existed, if an elf elves were real, this is what they would look like. Helping out Santa Claus and whatnot. Just tiny little things. Mm. He's not going to be able to hold on to a hammer and build a toy. Well, that's a monk. That's because it's a monkey. But he'll throw shit. I never saw an elf do that. 
You can build with shit. You ever see an elf try to have a fucking climb a tree? They're useless. That fucking monkey's cute. <laughs> I just found this out from Fez. You said to me that when you hit the guy with the car that was on the bike, right? Right. That was only last year. Yeah. That was last Christmas vacation. I thought that was like two or three years ago. No, that was last year because last year Paulo came up for Thanksgiving. And I remember when we went on vacation, I was like, I saw Paulo again. We went to go see Django. Plus, yeah, it was Django. Django I took him to one of his buffets and we went to see Django, uh, Django Unchained. You always like to see a Christmas movie, huh? Yeah. What are you going to see this year? I have no idea. It'll probably, uh, if I go with my family, it'll be Anchorman 2. I hadn't heard much about that. Are those guys promoting that at all? Anchorman? It's about the Navy? They ought to try to get out and let people know (laughs) that they got a movie coming out. Because I worry about them. He cut 70 car commercials. The bicycle accident happened last year and as recently as last week in my nightmares. Oh, you're still dreaming about it? Oh, yeah. I still hear that sound. You should make your family see the Wolf of Wall Street that comes out on Christmas. The sound that you hear when you're sleeping is... Hopefully I hear it and I wake up. Mm. Um, you know... A Jeffrey Gurian is stopping in here later today. Maybe he can help Fez. He has, he, he, he's a healer, Jeffrey yeah, he, Gurian. He explained to us that he's a healer. That's that a he looks setup. at people and he can heal them. I think he has crystals, too. I'm making it into this uh, goddamn show at my, uh, the end of this show on this network with just the wheels off. It just feels like I'm just making it into Christmas in time. Although, unlike you guys, I got the Christmas spirit. I also believe that I've seen less people in Midtown than any Christmas that I can remember. And I haven't seen any craziness uh, around the um, the Christmas play. Uh, the Rockettes. On, on the weekends, on Saturday nights, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty nuts. But it used to be crazy every day. Fifth Avenue is pretty is was more was more crowded than I expected. Don't act like I don't go to fucking Fifth Avenue, dude. I do every day. I have to go through Fifth Avenue. Yeah, I'm telling you, in years past, I would try to avoid that area. I can make it through there now. And I have the I go down Fifth Avenue because I have the Christmas spirit. Yeah, and I see the windows. Is nice stuff in there? I don't know. They, they put up fucking like craziness. It's like seeing a play when you walk by. <laughs> I thought you lived in New York your whole life. I don't know why they don't do that all year round. They do it actually quite a bit. It's just Christmas is all Christmas style. But there is a lot of windows that I think you can make a pretty good living if you can pull off how to, you know, window dress well. I'd love to do it. I just fucking uncap a can of paint and throw it against the window. I wouldn't even know what to do with that. Fred Dallas, you're on the Run Fez show. Hey, can we talk about this guy that wants to go to Philly's train, spring training real quick? Yeah. Look, I just want to tell this guy, you should just, for whatever reason your wife's come up with, she needs to address this with your dad. And you need to put the onus on her 
to reach out to your dad face-to-face and you explain to him why you're not going. Because if she can do that, then she truly is a, is a, is just a, is, this is just a selfish act. And, uh, he will, uh, but you, you got to put the burden on her to, uh, say no to, uh, that. You know, the only way that this story would make sense that this guy is some kind of fuck up who says he's been looking for work and hasn't been, and he's been, you know, <laughs> gambling away the family food money and now he's going to disappear for some spring training games because if he's any kind of regular guy and said I, I get the chance to go to spring training with my dad you'd have to say dude this is the best thing ever now I heard you know this is hard Fred you're a Rangers fan so there's not going to be a lot of you know history to that Rangers at homecoming Oh, I forgot to tell you guys this, and I'm kind of, I hate when I say things when it's too early. I'm going to put it out there, though. All right. Little Steven last night, after the interview, he had really enjoyed himself. He's asked me to join East Street Band. Okay. So you're going to go out on That's tour with amazing. them? That's amazing. I don't know whether I'm going to go on tour or just do studio work or whatever. What are you going to play? I didn't really... Sax is an opening for a saxophone. You're going to replace Clevens. Not going to replace. I'm going to be. I'm going to be the first round Bennington, but I will be holding one note as long as I possibly can. This um, is giant news. I don't want to make a big deal out of it. It's just another gig for me. And I, I even brought up. I want to do a solo or two. I want to do that party hard song. <laughs> oh, that's awesome, Mona. Hello, boys. Hey, sweetie. Hey, I was calling just to say that I'm actually embarrassed to be a woman because what kind of cunty bitch wouldn't let her husband go? I mean, hello? Yeah, why are you marrying a girl like that, though? Why do you marry somebody who's unpleasant? Maybe he hits her. Exactly. That's the way you take out back and you put a hatchet to her head or something. All right, that's too far. Murder them. I know you live in Tacoma, but that's too far, yeah. (laughs) I would. I'd be like, I'm putting putting her down and then I'm going. Um... You got to be supportive of each other. Yeah, this this lady does not sound very pleasant to be around. No, I mean it's three days. He's not going for a week or something. It's three days. It's a long weekend. She can't keep it together. I, I say leave. Go down to Florida. Don't come back. There you go. Just stay there with your dad. <laughs> I'll start some sort of business. I'm not sure what kind. Lawn service is what most people do when they head down there. <laughs> or you can just run out beach towels. All right. Beach towels. Who wants a beach towel? That sounds like a great way to spend your time instead of with this crazy broad and your two tiny young children. Screaming and crying. All right. Yeah, this is Fucking this. telling you, lucky your father, he's a bum. You know, he said he was going to take care of us and look at him. He's off the clear water. You can't leave me alone with these children. Then she, you fucking wake up and she's screaming in the middle of the night. I got some clear water for you and she's pissing all down you. Oh, my God. <laughs> Why do you marry this piss freak? You guys both lost your dad. Your dads were embarrassed of both of you. No, my dad was not embarrassed of me. I was embarrassed of him. I'm sure you were embarrassed of each other. In fact, you were proud of your dad till you died, but now you're embarrassed of him. Now I'm embarrassed of this situation my family and my mother's in. Has he cost you your love? 
Yeah, at this point, yeah. You don't even love him. No, and I was trying to talk to my sister about this the other day. Uh I go, when I think about him, and this has probably gone on for the past couple months, I get angry immediately. It's like the happy memories aren't there right now. Mm -hmm. It's just, you know, I, I, I think back of every argument, you know, even when I was a teenager or something. And it's just, I don't have good memories. You argued with your dad? Very, very rarely. What were you guys arguing about? Oh, there was something about mowing the lawn that he was pissed about. He called it homo in the lawn. (laughs) And I didn't appreciate it even then. That was funny. Why don't you catch people up that didn't hear you talk about it the other day? Don't say why you're mad at your father who died on your couch. Yeah, he died. Um, he lived in Florida, died on a trip to New York in 2011. And why are you and you always you were very movie. You actually uh, how long were you gone? A month after your dad died? You uh, were really rocked to the core. Yeah, it was two weeks. Um, what did you find out that now makes you dislike your dad? My dad had always told my mother that if anything happened to him, at least she would have the house. The house was taken care of. So we found out later on, well, not later on, just about immediately after he died, that there was no life insurance. Duh. That this was just something he was saying to my mother, I guess, to make her feel better. I don't, maybe he thought he had the life insurance, but that seems a little bit far-fetched. And not only was there the debt to pay off the house, he had, like, refinanced this thing over and over and over again. And it was just a insane amount of debt that he had run up. Credit cards, everything. So what's going to happen to your mom now? Uh, my brother is going to take her in. My little brother is going to take her in. So she's going to lose the house. Yeah, the house. Oh. Yeah, the house is will be gone. Yeah, probably before the end of the year, if not at the beginning of the new one. What did your dad spend money on? Was he a gambler? I will tell you this: they were they had some kind of Winnebago, and they were always traveling. Yeah. They were, you know, your dad had a lot of vacation for some reason, right? He took a huge amount of vacation time, and they always went somewhere. Yeah. And and it was crazy stuff, like um, like my dad wanted to host the Super Bowl party one time. Nice. So I'm watching, I see the house getting recarpeted. I am not exaggerating. I'm seeing a new TV come through the door. Some new furniture. Everything was like that. If they, if company came from Niagara Falls to stay with my mom and dad, the house would get painted. What the fuck? And it was just really, really lavish spending. <laughs> I've been to that house. There was nothing lavish. <laughs> it was food. lavish for them because they didn't have it to spend. I was so fucking hot in that fucking house. The one night I went there, I made a vow I'd never go back. Wasn't well, now it? none of us are. And they had sealed fucking windows, no AC in Florida. That's but that was that was another thing of it. That was remodeling the house. They had the windows bricked up. It's crazy, man. You should be happy you're getting rid of that house. Yeah. 
nothing but bad fucking bad remodeling, memories. <laughs> bad remodeling memories. Just Do a you couple. Feel, you feel like bad now that your brother's being the hero, and not you? You wish it was you being the hero. Actually, no. I'm still angry, and it's like, no. I'm glad she's being taken care of, but I'm not jealous of my brother at all. Has does this suffice now that you hate your dad or? don't like him anymore does this make you like your mother more since he always didn't like your mom this changed the way you feel about her he loves his mom now he's a mama's boy it's crazy it's topsy-turvy oh yeah Liz sets fire is going to discuss it that you would let your mom lose her house rather than jump in but this makes you look better than your dad um Remember when Shrekalov said uh, that she was trying to support her community bookstore? Yeah. Uh, they won. Beautiful. And the person who came in and put them over the top was the wonderful Valerie Bertinelli. Oh Valerie my Bertinelli. God. Nice. Who most of us have loved forever. That's amazing. Oh, Fez, you telling that story has a lot of people mad at you for not being there for your mom. Well, a couple of years before my father passed away, they redid the house again mm-hmm. and actually put on this huge addition out into the backyard, like doubled the size of the house <laughs> and couldn't Why? afford that. Why? I have no idea. You could do these, you know, the reason why the housing thing fell down is suddenly this house that you used to think was worth $100,000 was worth 350000 So you could go in, second mortgage, and take out one hundred grand oh, or one hundred and fifty, and all of a sudden you had this money that you felt like was yours, and then the whole thing crashed down, and they go, wait... We were wrong when we said it was worth three fifty. It's really worth one seventy five, and these people now owe more than the houses. And I'm supposing that this would be a bad investment. That the money to get out of it is not worth what it's in there. Yeah, exactly. Bad investment. I mean, the house has major problems as well. Well, your mom alone. Sure, and it's also too big for her. She she uh, at this point. You know, the house is just, they've added on and added on and added on. It looks like some sort of Lego house. That is too much for her. But you certainly don't, I know that you, you know, you want to act like, oh, I want to get in and clear up my dad's problems, but it doesn't make any sense to pay twice something for what it's fucking worth, <laughs> which is basically what his dad got out of. Actually, to me, this is a happy story. His dad ripped off the bank. And now was resting yeah. quietly in the hereafter. He wins. It's a party in the USA. It's the only way to describe it. He's partying hard right now. Well, don't read the Twitter because they think that you're a cheap fuck for not taking care of your mom. <laughs> it's just not sound to do this. Does, is there fire insurance? Can you burn it down? <laughs> you want to torch that fucking thing? Come on, let's I do got it. a guy. Let's just call him Paul L. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure my father thought there was fire insurance and said that there was, and there probably isn't. Well, let's commit arson. Um, Bill, you're on the Run Fed Show. Hey, so are you sure your dad didn't own a uh, old folks' home? And did the IRS come to his house? And is he in prison? And he's not dead, right? 
No, Lloyd, I'm incarcerated. I should be talking to you about this. Rorschach is also mad. It's not NYC real estate, it's Florida. Point people are thinking that you should come in and help instead of just bitching about your dad's memory. If Rorschach wants to put a down payment on this thing. You don't even have to put a down payment on a house in Florida. <laughs> I know a couple of people who just fucking walked in. And it's theirs now? Yeah, I mean, whatever it's worth, it's they're giving it to you, but you know, you're paying the mortgage on it. But they're not paying any down payment at all. Nice. Maybe. Again, a lot of those people walked out of those houses. Um, Astronaut, you're on the Run Fez show. Merry Christmas, buddies. Hey, buddy. Hey, I think uh, Fezzy should have been paying more attention. And if he didn't stop believing, I think his old man was trying to pay down that debt one nickel at a time. Why are you so mad at your dad, though? Um, I'm mad at my dad, well, for the situation I put out there. After talking some things over with my shrink a while back, I'm mad at him for letting my mother run amok with me and my brothers and my sister uh, when we were kids and just being the abusive person she was and letting her get away with it when I'm sure now that he knew what was going on. I think his sense of humor was really mean as I look back on it. So things are just piling up. If I played for you the day that you came back and all the sweet things and you talking about how lucky you were and how a man accepted you that for exactly the way you were, that he had a weird kid and he made him feel loved, you don't feel those things too? I, you know, I want to feel those things, and I haven't been able to. I have tried. This is the first Christmas. I always had a picture of me and my uh, dad posed with Santa at Macy's mm-hmm. my first year in New York. So I always pulled that out and put it up at Christmas time. It's the first year I haven't gotten it out. Well, you're showing him. I bet when I die, Fez is going to get all fucking tough with me, too. <laughs> He's suddenly going to get super strong. I, I, there's a couple things I want to say to Ron. <laughs> and you've had an opportunity with all of us. You still don't go down and tell your mom what you think of her. Um, Joanna, you're on the Run of Fez show. Joanna. Yeah, hello. Hi, darling. You're on the air. Hi. How are you? Good. What can we do for you? Uh, I'm the wife of Shane, who wrote you an email about his father wanting to take him to spring training. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of details that he uh, didn't include in the email. So I just wanted to clarify a few things. All right. Um, should I reset the table, or you know, this? I'll I'll just tell you the email that he sent to me. Now, were you were you listening, or did he tell you to listen? No, he told me. Okay. I wasn't listening, so I could just imagine, though. I, I will, I'll read it for you so we can start right there. He says, Ronnie B., I need your advice. My dad just retired, and my 30th birthday, he wants to take me to Clearwater for spring training 
in March for three nights. We're big Philly fans from South Jersey. Problem is, I'm married with two young kids. My wife, who can be on the bitchy side, of course, is freaking out and can't understand how I could leave my family and go on vacation with my dad. Question is, do I go? Should I feel bad? And am I wrong for going? Please help. Okay. Well, thank you for reading that because I wasn't sure, but it's good to hear. Um, so the thing is, is that I feel that his parents should have come to me and asked me, what do they think? What do I think of this idea before even attempting to plan a trip for three days without us? That's first of all. I asked them specifically, what are you planning to do for Shane's birthday? Are you going to give him a party? Are you going to get him a gift? They said, no, we're not doing anything special. We're not planning anything big. Uh, you know, we just take what the family is fine. So that's what I thought of. So apparently him and his parents decided to plan this trip behind my back without even mentioning anything to me. I found out in conversation um, you know, weeks later, after they had already planned it. Now, so not only did they ask me if what I thought of the, the idea, they completely disregarded what I what I had asked them, and they planned it behind my back. So that all right there is wrong. Secondly, I said to him, this is how I feel about it. I really don't think that now is the time for you to be leaving. You have a six-month-old and a two-year-old at home that you want to leave me home with that look forward to seeing you at night for four days. What happens if something happens to you on a plane ride to Florida? You know, like, it's just it's not a great idea. Do something different. Do something more local. Why don't you go to a Philly game? Why don't you do something nearby? Why do you have to leave for four days? Joanna. Yes. Does the family not like you? No, I have no idea what the family thinks of me, but I, does it really matter? They've never included me in anything. My family includes my husband in every. Never once would they ever uninclude him in anything. I apparently am not even invited to go on a trip that, by the way, all of a sudden after 30 years, uh, why are they going on a trip now? Why did they never do it before? Well, he just the father just retired. Oh, by the way, he didn't. He was going to, but he hasn't. All right, so you're saying that uh, he, Shane, is lying to us. Well, the the father was planning on retiring, but he decided not to, so he hasn't retired yet. I'm not sure when he's planning on doing it now, but he was supposed to retire in December, and he he decided to keep working. So you think not only is Shane, but his parents are in this against you? Absolutely. No. I think that... I think that my husband should care more about me and my children than going on a trip to Florida. We can do that anytime. He can do that with us. We can all go together as a family. Why can't we do it all together? Well, the thing is, is this isn't just about a trip to Florida. It's a chance to go to spring training with his dad. That's what he's, that's what this is about. Well, why haven't they done it in 30 years? They've never done anything together as father and son, besides maybe once in a blue moon go to a baseball game. Why now, all of a sudden? So what you're saying is this could end up being the only memory of him with his dad uh, together as two men spending time together. Why does it have to be in Florida? Because that's where spring training is. Well, I don't, I don't agree. Spring training is not something he needs to do right now with babies at home. He should not be leaving his wife and babies for four days. 
it sounds like with your dad. Yeah. No, I would warn you. There are some people who leave their wife and babies forever. Seems like he's a pretty good guy, right, Shane? Yeah, sure. Uh huh. I wouldn't have married him. So, at some point, do you have to say maybe this trip is important for him and his dad, and we'll give him this and no, show him that we care about him? Yeah, you know, I would feel a little differently if his parents treated me with that same way, but I don't feel that way. But you don't have to make this about his parents. You can make this about Shane. The reason why they're going is because his dad wants to go, and his dad has nobody else to go with, so he's making it into a trip for the two of them. Yeah, whatever the thing is, whatever it is, you don't like the parents. The parents apparently don't like you. You've getting you've picked up this reputation somewhat as a bitch, right? Yeah, nice to know that that's what my husband thinks of me. Nice. I'm sure a lot of people do just from listening to how angry you are now. You're falling well, into the stereotype. I can't, that he would, I can't believe that he would put all of this on air. Like, why? Why would he Why would he want to put our business in public like that? He must feel pretty guilty that he's looking for advice. Seems like it's a cry for help. Yeah, because he feels guilty. All right, I'm, some of my callers are going to give you a call if you stay on the line with us. But I do I, want... I can't... I, I don't have... I, I don't know. My, my uh, radio doesn't have you on there. Well, no, you can hear them. I can... I can. You'll hear them on the phone with you, okay? Okay, yeah. Um, uh, but this is Joanna. She doesn't want her uh, husband to go to spring training for three days with his dad. Uh, here's Greg in Hoboken. Go ahead, Greg. Joanne, I live this. You are so untrusting. What are you afraid your husband is going to do when he's out of your sight for four days? If he wants to go with his father, who knows how many years the man has left, let him go. Go up to the plate. you got two kids at home for four days. If you can't handle it, you shouldn't have had kids in the first place. Let the man have a good time with his father. This is ridiculous. Okay. What is your, you don't trust him is what it is, right? I trust him with what? What's he going to do? What, I mean, he's going with his dad. Where are they going? I'm not worried. I'm not. It has nothing to do with trust. It has to do with, he said to me, I made a commitment to go with my dad. Does everybody forget that this is all planned behind my back? No, nobody cared to include me in uh, and, like, let me know anything about it? Well, well I can uh, tell by uh, your attitude, you would have welcomed this with open arms. But, yeah, here's the thing, Joanna. Why do you need to control this? Well, I'm not controlling. It's because I like, what he's going to do if he's going to leave his family behind? Well, it's not like he's he's leaving you and joining the Marines. He's going to wait three days with his dad to watch baseball. So why couldn't he watch baseball in Philly? Because it's not the same experience as spring training. Okay, well, this is a radio show with a bunch of men. They're all going to agree with him. Well, there may be a reason. Maybe you can get some advice here that this could be a real opportunity for you to be supportive of him and supportive of of the way he feels about his dad. If you only knew what he really felt about his dad. I, I do not doubt it. Most of us men, as you put it, have had falling outs with our dads, and a lot of us have left, have ended up our dads dying 
before we could bridge that. And what we were talking about here with this is this gives you that opportunity to not go with your dad as a little boy, but to be two guys together. And this will be something he'll remember for the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. Well, he won't remember for the rest of his life if we all went. It's not the same thing as a guy's trip. Okay. Well, I'd feel differently if they took guys trips regularly. It's just bad timing. It's three months away. No, no, I don't mean that way. I mean, like, in 30 years, all of a sudden now they're, t- they're planning a trip. What? This is what, you know, the, the father may be thinking to himself, I blew it with my son. I did not really have that opportunity to see him as a regular guy. Maybe this is their chance to be down there to say... Well, you know what? Then that should carry... That's that's fine and that's great. I hope that's what he's thinking. But that should carry into Shane and his family life, too. That means that after this trip, his father should be more involved in our lives and more involved in his kids, the grandchildren's lives. But I can guarantee that's not going to happen. But why does this one little trip have to be everything? Maybe this is the only memory he's going to have like this. Oh. What What are you looking to take away from him here? Why are you so angry? Because it was planned behind my back. It was planned without any care or concern for his family. What care and concern? You have 90-some days to plan for this. <laughs> That's not the point. Yes, like, it no, is no, the what? point. The point is you don't need to control him. You love yeah, him. Right. And he should love me, and he should respect my feelings in the same regard, don't you think? Why are you so angry? What is the real story that you're this angry? I'm angry because it was planned without even bothering to like say anything to me. It was all done behind my back. It you say behind, behind your back. back as if there was a knife in that back. But kind of. What? I mean, who, who books a trip? to Florida for four nights when you have two little babies at home without even consulting your wife about it. You, What is going to go wrong over those three days? Anything. He's getting on a plane. Uh, so do you what, think he's getting on a biplane in the 1920s? No. But People fly back and forth to Florida all the time. It's a safe thing to do. It's safer than if they decided to take the car. It, it, it really it doesn't make a difference. If, if I was him, the way you're screaming, I might even run into the cockpit, try to take the stick and point it to the earth. Yeah, good. good. I'm glad. You, there, there is something that you're angry about that isn't this trip. There's something that he's done that no, you're so him. fucking angry him. about. I'm, yes, I'm angry about the fact that him and his parents are continuously doing things without care or concern for me and my children. You don't have a good relationship with them. It wouldn't matter if he was going out to lunch. You feel like these people don't like you. Pretty much. Have you ever sat down and talked to them about it? I, uh, not really, but I'm sure my husband has. So what well, you would like to do... I'm not sure he has. Look, if you had the opportunity, would you want to separate him from his parents? No, I would never want to separate him from his family. So, but I do expect that he will he will show some sort of respect for me as well. 
Uh, where is he at right now? He's at work, listening to you. Getting a lot of work done. <laughs> um, it is, this is the, the the craziest thing that I've ever heard. Um, that there, there's got, the, have the parents, you think they say to him, you married the wrong person? Probably. Yeah. But you know what? It, I've done nothing but good for him. So they could say that we're, we're from two totally different ends of the spectrum, my family and his family. My family does absolutely everything for us, are completely generous towards us. They're, they're overly involved, which I'm sure bothers him. You know, I can understand that. And his family is like the complete opposite. Look. It's all on their terms when they want to do things, however they see is the way it's got to be. And they, I don't know. I don't know if it's because they don't like me or if it's because that's the way they are all the time with everybody. But here's what I want to say to you. First of all, you're a very lucky person that you have that kind of love and support that he never got. That might even make him more once want and desire just that one time to be with his father, to have that memory of those two guys sharing baseball together. Yeah, that's the only thing that they share together. So you're probably right. And it happens. It happens. Honey, a lot of us where the emotional stuff doesn't come easy to us. We end up talking to our fathers and then later our, our sons about sports instead of saying the things that we really want to say. We're not as good as this stuff as women. We don't express ourselves as uh, as much as women. Maybe your son is just looking for the easiest possible way to either be told you're okay or that chance to say I'm sorry, which is never going to be even dragged on, but just to know that these two guys love each other. You don't want to stand in the way of this. You don't want to be the bitch that they're accusing you of. You want to rise above this. Yeah, you know, it, it, you're, fine, you're right, but yeah. it doesn't make a difference because he called me a bitch before this. So clearly him and his dad think that way of me, so it's nice to know. So, and they'll continue to act this way afterwards. They've already booked a flight. Nothing's changing. So no matter what I say, no matter how I feel, no matter what I do, absolutely nothing's changing. They're, they did it. They booked it. And I found out because his dad sarcastically and nasty told me we're going through the March 4th through the 7th, just like that. So, uh, you know, then, oh, wait a minute, by the way, his dad also, when I flipped out about this whole thing, because I found out once again in conversation, his dad told me I was unworthy of any sort of vacations because I stay home and take care of them. Because I don't have a real job because I stay home and take care of my kids. Well, first of all, that's insanity. But second of all, look how lucky you are. You have two children that you love. You have a family that loves you. And maybe Absolutely. and maybe your husband has had no idea how that kind of love works. You're, and you can right. show him now. This is your yeah. chance to show him that even when you do wrong, I'm going to be supportive of you. Yeah. Well, I'm, I absolutely am very blessed and lucky. You are. I know. I know I am. I know that your feelings are hurt about this whole thing. Very much. Yeah. But, you know, they're going to do it, and that's it. So, the bottom line, they're going to do it, and it doesn't matter. So, let them go and enjoy themselves. Me and my children will be fine. 
Who do you hang out with besides your family? I have a lot of girlfriends. Maybe you guys should plan something fun while that happens. Absolutely going to. My best friend already told me she's going to come and stay with me. Oh, that's nice. See, it's going to work out. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you. I have to go. The babies are crying. Okay. (laughs) Bye, sweetie. Bye. Thanks a lot. All right. Take care. On the edge there a little bit. Now, it would be easy enough to say that she's a bitch, but you can see that her feelings are hurt by this other family. And Shane, you fucking know, too. For you to for you to want her to call a vicious fucking radio show, you thought that we were going to give her a beatdown. Um... You could see that her feelings are hurt. Um, But I will tell you this. A lot of times you get that one chance to go do something. I don't know why. I could, when I was a kid, fishing trips were like, ugh, another fishing trip. <laughs> another fishing trip. But now, in my memories, I just think about my dad on those trips. Because he was more relaxed there than anywhere else. The old pro, yes, he caught a ton more fucking fish than I did. (laughs) (laughs) And it's great. Those memories are my memories of this guy now. But that... that, uh, a poor girl sounded like she was on the edge. Oh, breakdown. There's a crying baby. <laughs> She's holding a crying baby. Yeah. <laughs> She's going to end up putting a fucking pair of scissors in his neck. Um, I think they're going to make it. He was... Uh, let me head up here. Here's Linda in New York. Linda. Hi. Um, yeah. I just want to say I understand her feelings are hurt. It doesn't make her right. She's obviously crazy. It's up to him. He can have the worst relationship with his father for 30 years. It's his prerogative to wake up one day and say, you know what? I'm going with him. His father there was, was, was there before she was. And he's not going away and leaving his family in the woods for six days. It's three days at spring training. Yeah. Yeah, I think she's doing that because, you know, it sounds like that family has never been nice to either him or her. And while you give him back. But sometimes there's just no sense in the way we think about A, relationships or B, family. There's no logic to it, you know. This isn't about a trip. This is about a whole bunch of other things or their relationships yeah. with basically her and the, his family. It's, yeah. I think it's all. That's the whole thing. Well, it started with her not getting invited. That really hurt her feelings. It started years before that. You know what I mean? <laughs> of course. It all, this has been going on for a long time. You know, and for us to pretend that we're fucking Doctor Phil and, <laughs> and and that we're going to come up with something that's going to be right. Or just to just see her as a bitch and nothing else, you know? Because obviously she's dancing as fast as she can. Exactly. 
You know? All right. Thanks, All right. Ron. Bye. I love you, Fez. Love you, too. Um, yeah. To say where we know that thing started would be a fucking joke. Because it sounds like the family's mean to her, and they don't mind being mean to her. Um, here's Colleen. You're on the Run of Fez show. Hi. Um, so I just want to say she's got to let go of her anger towards his family, or he's going to resent her forever. Yeah. My husband's family, they're, you know, we have the same thing she has. My family's great. They're always around, you know, and his family is not so much. But, you know, over the years, you got to let it go. You can't just hold on to that. They're never going to change. People never change. They're always going to be the same. They're always going to be mean to her, and she's just got to let it go if she loves her husband. It's, you know, when you are with family, right, you have to fucking say to yourself, am I willing to take shit from people that I would not take from friends? And I have no fucking problem with people who go, I don't need this shit anymore. You know what I mean? I'm an adult. I don't need you fucking riding my ass. I'm out. I get it. But in her case of saying that family isn't around, Sometimes it's the best thing they could give you. It's the yes, best exactly. blessing in the world. <clears throat> yeah, if she doesn't like them anyway, then why is she complaining that she wants to go along with them if they're just going to treat her poorly? If she loves her husband enough to stay with him, let it go. She's a little bit paranoid. The whole, why wasn't I brought into this? Why wasn't I, you know, yeah. Well, and I don't know why she would ever think that they would invite her if that's the way she's always been treated. Yeah, we don't know. You know, obviously we heard a woman that was really fucking freaked out. You know what I mean? Over this thing. From the first, when she first started talking, she was upset. And you know it doesn't mean all the shit that she said. You know what I mean? Like, even though she thinks that this is why I met, you know it's bigger than that. They have a lot of things to work out. I'm just going to throw that out there. Hicks, do you feel like you're supportive of your chick if your chick said, I've decided to go in this direction, or I'm going back to school, or I'm going to do it, you know, Great. whatever. Let's do it. Great. If that's what you want to do, let's do it. It's the only way that you can be. <laughs> Otherwise, you know I mean? it's not going to be a good time. Yeah. The only thing you can do is say, I'm trying to, you know. To be supportive of what you want to do. Whatever that is. Now you're going to have to come to the Sanders WK concert with me. <laughs> I know you. You know she's being supported by going out. <laughs> exactly. Show. I mean, she's in for a night of fucking just boredom and hell. It's 16 plus show, so there will be some very young kids there. First of all, she'll probably be the only female. Oh, yeah. She was like, I'm going to be the only girl, aren't I? Yeah. And guys yep. are going to try to feel her up. No. I'm going to fuck. I'll pull a knife. <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll, I'll, I'll let the goddamn. I'll start the oh, year off the in way, prison. Oh, by the way, speaking of pull a knife, and they call you Chris the Knife. Yeah. There's another guy out there. Mm. Uh, they call him Kirk the Knife. Who's this Kirk the Knife character? Stealing my gimmick. Kurt Russell was walking around Aspen. Uh, we're going to throw this up on the iBang. you got to see this picture. <laughs> and he's wearing a knife and a holster walking downtown. Yes. And it just looks so fucking great. 
And he's just like, you think, yeah, we're going out shopping. I better put this knife on. <laughs> Don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Well, having a knife on you is a good tool. It's, if you it's, got shit to open. Sure. You never know when you need to open something. Um, here's uh, Tom. Tom, you're on the Runfest show. Hey, Ronnie. Yeah. First of all, let me say, Fezzy, it's good to have you back. Well, thank you, my yeah, friend. Now. Make the move now with on. us to Raw Dog Sirius XM Comedy Hits. <laughs> <laughs> now on a lighter note. Joanna, the crazy woman, yeah. I think we're all, miss, we're all missing the point here. She said in her conversation with you that she's a stay-at-home mom with two kids, two young ones. Yeah. Sean, here she, yeah, her husband is the backup to her, and she's looking at the fact she's going to be stuck for four days without any backup. Maybe his, maybe his mom, I mean, this is a guy's trip, maybe his mom should step up and say, hey, listen, why don't you let me come over and help you out? Or why doesn't she at least talk to her husband about this and give him another option? You know, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I spent the last 15 years of my dad's life in an opposite direction as him, and I miss him. I miss him like nothing else in the world. Yeah. Because I didn't get a chance to spend that last time with him. Yeah, you know? it's a, it's it's a it's a crazy thing, fathers and sons. It doesn't always feel all that good on either side of it. You know what I mean? You just do the best you can, and you're just, sometimes you're going to bump heads, and you just hope that that isn't the last time that you end up talking, because it could be. Yeah. I know what, the last time I talked to my dad, I didn't know it was going to be the last time. Fuck, then I realized, wait a minute. Dude, trust me when I tell you, I always felt like, I remember thinking when my dad hit 55, I'm like, oh, shit. I might not have him around much longer. I better, you know, pay a little more attention. That was 30-some years ago. (laughs) You know, that was like the first time I thought to myself, well, that's a weird number, huh? I better, you know, look out for this. He's the speed limit now. Um, Because I've had friends who had that argument with their dad. You know, you'll get drunk and then... Uh, you know, you'll hear either the, the last thing he said to me is, I'm ashamed of you, boy. Oh. You know, and they're just fucking holding on to it. I'm an asshole. Don't think I was an asshole because of you. I was an asshole because you were born. I'm not disappointed in anybody. Everything's fine as far as you're concerned. <laughs> Don't make a big deal out of it. Now, get out of that crib. We're going to try to walk. Wow. Um... Here's uh, Linda in Great Neck. You're on the Run Fest show. Hi, Ronnie. Hi, Fezzy. Hey. I think there's three points here that I think the caller before me got it almost perfect. There's three things. A, it's never about the parking spot, right? Right. There's, there's other beef in there. Number two, she has kids. And when you have kids, your patient is half, if not, like, quartered. Okay? And three... Whatever marriage story, probably because she's tired. These people come into the picture with this wonderful thing, and it's all good. Right. And that's basically it. Yes, she's angry, and I totally understand because I know how I was before kids and how I am after kids. It becomes your responsibility. I will it's tell you this. Your husband. your husband can go away. Yes. He can go to work for four hours, 10 hours, 12 hours, and every and he gets the credit like, well, I work. 
if it wasn't for me, well, you wouldn't have this house and these kids. But has anybody stayed home with kids for day after day after day, do so much work for nothing, and then be told that you don't have a job and you don't contribute to this marriage? You know, it is horrible. Yeah, I will tell you. At any time that I've ever been to alone with the children when they were little, it was more exhausting than any job I've ever had in my life. And I Absolutely. was worse at it than at any job I ever had but in my yet, life. But yet I mean, every mom, and yeah. I don't care, I don't care what woman you are or what you're not, if you work, great for you. I think it's awesome. But any woman who stayed home with kids and is always being told, oh, you don't work, you just want to kill yourself. Well, the other thing is, Someone has to take care of those kids. You know what I mean? Like someone is going to work hard to take care of those kids, whether it's a member of the family or whether you're paying someone. It's still difficult work. It's and not easy work. Kid, and when a kid gets sick, Ron, and, and most of the people I know, I would say 90 percent of the couples I know, if both parents work. When that kid gets sick, guess who stays home if, if necessary? Mm, you're it's right. usually not dad. You're right. You know, so come on. Yeah, she's angry. She give her a break. A, she was exposed on radio, which you probably never expected. Oh, Sean B, did that. Sean's an asshole. For well, A, and B, she was nice enough to talk. So yeah, I would hang up. She, she, I'm not talking and you. by the way, we didn't call her. She called us and said, "My husband called and wants you, you know, to tell the thing." I mean, first of all, I don't even get his sending the email to the iBank. But second, right. to say, I want you to call the show, and they're going to explain to you. <laughs> I know he wanted us to light her up. Right. See, well, then, he's not, you know, he's not exactly an innocent here. No, actually, he should say dad. to his parents, look, if you want to be in our lives, you're going to have to treat my wife with respect. Right. If you want to be in our lives. Right. And maybe that's a little too late. Yeah. But at least it's worth a shot. All, all I could say was I, I sympathize. And, and by know. the way, I only mean that because if you have kids. I think right. like if older people get married, that the whole family doesn't need to accept anyone. Exactly. I, I, uh, all right, all right. Thank you so all much. Right, guys. Love you. I got a break here. But uh, I have a friend. He's older and his, uh, I guess his wife's kids don't like him, whatever. And he's like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Good. They shouldn't like me. I came in late, late to the game. It's a great attitude to have. What are you gonna do? You should threaten the. You should try to pick a fight with them, maybe even. But when you're younger, you, you're less accepting that people are weird. You know what I mean? When you get older, you're like, uh, oh, yeah, that guy don't like me. Whatever. You realize <laughs> it's no big deal. When you fucking care about who likes and doesn't like you, you give up any power that you have. Someone says you don't like you, they're like, hey, maybe you'll come around. You know, you never know. I'm going to work on him. Do you ever have any friends that you fucking thought were dicks and they end up becoming friends? Oh, yeah, but people are like, I'm really close to but first time I met them, that guy's an asshole. That was most of my friends. Yeah. Me and most of my friends growing up when we were kids swung at each other first time we met. Like, what an obnoxious dick. Why would anyone fucking hang out with this guy? I had a break here. Be right back. Jeffrey Gurian's going to be with us? Yes. Fantastic. It's the Ron and Fez Show. The Ron and Fez Show on the Open Anthony Show. Sirius XM. <laughs> You've been warned. Oh, this is going to be a groove for me. 
It's gonna be a little something different, but we're gonna give it to him anyway. Are you ready? Come on. We wanna give out a present to everybody this Christmas. All around the world, for every man, woman, boy, and girl. Are you ready right now? Come on. Here we go. Oh, I like it like that. Come on. That's it. All right, come on. Oh, Christmas presents around the world. Something mighty sweet to see. If only if I just had a present for everyone under one great big Christmas tree. For every boy that wants a brand new toy. For every Johnny that wants a car. For every junior that wants a mobile bike. Ride and ride and ride. Now my little daughter, she wants a dollar prize. One that walks and wipes his eyes. And I see there's someone that wants somebody home just to live. It's the Ron and Fez Show. Uh, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. It's uh, coming up on 225 in the east, 1125 in the west. And that means lunchtime, and that means too much tuna. And let's bring in <laughs> Jeffrey Gurry, the man who made too much tuna household word. <laughs> yeah, it is so funny. <laughs> I, you know, everywhere I go, people yell out too much Do tuna. Do they really? Yeah, I was in the airport the other day, and a guy said, I, I don't mean to interrupt. I just needed to introduce myself. Too much tuna. It's like, and I'm like, oh, my God. Everybody, wherever, literally, wherever I go. It's, uh, it's a bit you did on what show? On Kroll's show, on Nick Kroll's hit show on Comedy Central. I was on twice last year, and I'm going to be on again. And it was with me, Nick, and John Mulaney uh-huh. in their characters as Gil Faison and George St. Geegland, the Oh Hello Boys. Here's what kills me about this. There's no reason that should stick in my head that much. But if I'm having lunch, I'll do that. It's too much, too. <laughs> Not too much. You Just know what? Enough. Certain things, there's a memory thing that if you want people to remember something, you put things together that don't usually go together. Mm-hmm. Like 30 years ago, I did a film uh, uh, Well, about – it was a, a false news item that several men were arrested for smearing cream cheese on the ankles of elderly women who wore their stockings rolled down like bagels. <laughs> you ever see the old women yeah, with the right. stocking? It looks like bagels to me. <laughs> so I got my dear grandmother to let me put cream cheese on her ankles, and she made believe that she had a Jewish accent, and I filmed this thing, and she was complaining that this crazy man smeared cream cheese on her. <laughs> and she said, you know, Jewish people, we have two kind of stockings, milk stockings and meat stockings. And this crazy man smeared cream cheese on my meat stockings, and I can't get it off. So I filmed this, and I brought it up to Saturday Night Live, and that's how I got started writing. To this day, Alan's wife who I showed it to, remembers cream cheese on the ankles. And he saw it up there? He saw it in... He saw it up there. Yeah. I, I, I snuck up to Saturday Night Live, which is a whole other story, <laughs> which you cannot do these days. No. They'll shoot you if you try to right. sneak past security. But in those days, you could do that. And I got up there, and he was playing handball on the wall with Neil Levy. The show was very new in those days. Everybody was young. We were just kids. Mm-hmm. And I showed up with this tape of bizarre films, you know, which led... Later on to GNN, Gurian News Network, which is all the news that's fit to dance to. Mm-hmm. And it was stories like that. You know, man robs bank with his chin. College professor fired for casually removing his spine. 
you know, because you can't do that. No, you can't. You know that. You can't Not just casually. remove parts of your body <laughs> in class. They're going to ask you to leave eventually when you do that. Uh, Jeffrey Gurian is, well, he is, to me, the central rung of all comedy. Anyone who's... Every funny person knows him. And here's the other thing about Jeffrey, and not everyone's this way. You go out of your way to make sure people meet each other. I you love know what to I mean? do he, that. He loves to put people together. He's written a book uh, which is a loving ode to a comedy club. And I don't know if that had ever been done before. I don't think so. Uh, I don't think there's any other club that has a book about it, mm-hmm. although there are clubs of note, of course, but this was the only club, well, it is the only club that's still in existence from 1976. One of the big three. You know, Bud Friedman opened the Improv in 63, mm-hmm. which didn't open as a comedy club, by the way. It opened as a, a coffee shop, a coffee house. Where, kind of off-Broadway thing. Off-Broadway actors, you know, yeah. uh, um, uh, Al Pacino would come by, you know. Big stars, when they got off stage, they'd come by and hang out. What would Pacino do there? Would Pacino get up? I, they wouldn't do comedy. They would maybe do scenes uh-huh. from a play or a reading or something like that. It was a, like a variety show. But after a couple of years, Bud noticed that people were really getting into the comics. Mm. And and he started doing just strictly comedy. You know, at first there were music, there were singers and all kinds of entertainers. And he turned it into the world's first club that was dedicated to just comedy. Did you see Bud when he was back in New York? Um, I think it was around Thanksgiving. He, he was coming into the building here, but it was like either was, Thanksgiving or the day after. I would have loved to have talked to him. Thanksgiving Day. He came well, in. he just celebrated, you know, it's the 50th anniversary. I was with him and Mark Lanau in Montreal this past uh, July at the Just for Last Festival where he was honored for it. And Epics just dropped the film December the 6th. It came out. I wrote about it in my Comedy Matters column. And as a matter of fact, when Bud saw me, I was covering the red carpet where I saw, you know, Nick Kroll was there yeah. and Sarah Silverman. And he took my book and threw it on the floor That's as a funny. joke. He said, the greatest comedy club of all time. And I said, but I didn't pick the title. You know, I said, if I was writing about, uh, you know, the improv, then that would be the greatest comedy club of all time. All right. Make me make them laugh is the name of this. Um, it's 35 years of the comic strip, the greatest comic comedy club of all time. The comic strip on the Upper East Side. Uh, most famous for, of course, Eddie Murphy uh, exploding out of there. And just about the time that happened, every third person in America was trying to do stand-up comedy. But exactly. even before that, great comics. Billy Crystal was the first person on. I was on stage, uh, yeah. yeah. Jerry Seinfeld was a regular. It was here. his home club from 1976 to 1980 until he left. The club opened June 1st of 76 and June 17th was when Jerry walked in to audition. And his first sign-up sheet is actually a, a copy of it is in the book. If you go to the photo section yeah. and you'll see. And uh, in those days, they rated comics as to how good they did. So he got a good they said he was good. He was good. He was good. <laughs> and, good. And, and, and it's a definitely not great. Good. Just good. It was good enough. And they said definitely invite back on Monday the 21st. Well, in those days, he hadn't, instead of saying, did you ever notice, he used to, he started as a kid. He, was, he used to say, I never noticed. <laughs> and it, it was close, but I never noticed this. Um, and all the comics in those days started to try to do Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah. Every comic was trying to be Jerry Seinfeld them because he caught on so quickly. You know, he only had one non-show business job. He was working in a restaurant in those days. He had a job, I think, on 49th Street around here. 
And as soon as they gave him an, an MC position on a Monday night, uh, he was emceeing three nights a week, which was unheard of in those days. He said he was making 75 bucks a week, which was a fortune to him in those days. He quit his restaurant job, and that was the last non-show business job that he ever had. Did he have an apartment in New York, or was he going back and forth to Long yeah, Island? No, he was – well – uh, he lived on 71st Street with George Wallace. All right, so here's the for thing. Many years. You can make 75, 75 bucks <laughs> a week and split on the Upper East Side, Chris. Not in Brooklyn. No, it was on the West Side. It was West oh, 71st. West, West 71st. Okay. West 71st. Can you imagine in those days you could live on that? <laughs> you could live. That's 75 bucks a week sounded like a lot of money in those days. And Larry Miller. Used to, well, he, he collected all his money. He and Larry met on the bus on the way over to the comic strip. The way uh, he tells it that he was riding on the bus and Jerry walked over and introduced himself to him. And he said since that day he takes a cab because he never, <laughs> he never wanted to take a chance like that again. But um, uh, and, and so he shared an apartment with George Wallace all those years. Mm -hmm. And then when, they, when, when Jerry left, Paul Provenza moved in and shared the apartment with George Wallace. So they've all been friends for such a long time. And those were two of the first interviews that I did. The first one was Larry Miller and George Wallace and Paul Provenza all up in Montreal at the mm. Just for Laughs Festival. Because everybody's there. You know, every year, everybody goes up. It's the biggest comedy festival in the world. Uh, you know, you come by and we talk about your book every once in a while. Why don't we sign one of these and give it out? I know that's the exact opposite of what you want to do. You want to sell the books. <laughs> but you come no. in here and talk and just once sign it and we give it out. It's a great idea. Yeah, 866-RON-ZERO-FEST. 866-RON-ZERO-FEST. I'm an idea man. But who, but who do we give it to? Like to the first person who well, calls? What would you like or, to do? Is there a... a you, you want to have to do a contest? You can do a contest joke or contest? a trivia question. Um, do we got enough time to do street jokes, Fez? Or are we running a little... We're running really tight, tight here. Um, well, are you a street a joke guy? Do you like a street joke? I don't even know what that you, is. But just a joke that people tell. On the you street, like two on, guys walked yeah, into... two guys, you wouldn't tell it on stage. I don't know any of those. I can't remember any I, of those. Most jokes. comedians don't. All right, so you have a trivia question for us, right? Yeah, okay, let's ask the question, what name did Ray Romano start performing under? For the first year of his career, he performed under a different name than Ray Romano. This annoys me because... You told the story to me, and I should know it, but I don't. It's a good, it's a good trivia question. Do you remember, it, Chris? No, I can't. I, I know. I've heard it. I've I heard know it before. It. Oh, you do know it. Yeah, Brad Garrett. <laughs> that later became his on TV brother when he changed his height as well. Now, he's so actually Brad, tall. He's like six four. Brad had, Garrett's like six eight, I think. Yeah, Brad Garrett is six foot eight. And he came in and did Unmasked. And it's just, you know, you watch basketball, but when you're really standing next to, next somebody, to somebody, you're like, oh, my God. You're in a shadow. Yeah, it's yeah. very, very tall. Ray Romano is tall, though. He's very so he To him, it didn't feel like that much of a difference. All right. Anybody um, know the, the answer? Well, Chuck, we got people calling him. Up. Chuck wants to bring something up first. Chuck, you're on the Run of Fez show. Oh, I was just calling for the book. But, uh, yeah, I couldn't imagine George Wallace and Jerry Seinfeld living in the same little apartment. I mean, I'm sure they weren't there that much, but, boy, they must have had some pretty interesting conversations. Well, they stay good friends to this day, right? Yeah, they're best friends to this day. They all are. They all stay, they all stay in touch. You know, uh, and every year, January 1st, Jerry has that annual brunch. 
And while I was interviewing Paul Reiser, he remembered how it started. You know, it was Jerry Seinfeld, Mark Schiff, Larry Miller, and uh, who was the? Uh, there was a guy named Michael Caine who was part of their group who passed away very young. Mm-hmm. They all walk okay, across. Great. Well, thanks for the book. I'll give my name. And you're not giving. You're not. You didn't win a book. You didn't win. You have to win. You have to tell me a question. Shit. Right? What do you think? You just call up and say thanks for the book? <laughs> it doesn't happen that way. <laughs> but that was a good joke on his part. Yeah, it was. It was interesting. <laughs> um, you know what? You bring up Larry Miller. The other day, Pretty Woman was on TV. Uh huh. And Larry Miller is so damn funny in a small part that he plays in that movie. And. Uh, he should be one of the biggest actors in America. Biggest well, comedy actors It's in interesting how a small part can change your career. Chris yeah. Rock got a small part in Beverly Hills Cop 2. He played right. the valet. Eddie created that part for him. You know, it was Eddie that discovered Chris in 1986 at the club one night. And I love that story because, you know, Eddie was the biggest star in the world at the time. He had done Beverly Hills Cop 1. And when he came to the club, people were very excited to see him. They wanted him to stay. And he came in that night and he's like, are there any black comics I could see? And believe it or not, in those days, there were hardly any black comics. Chris Rock was there at 19 years old. I feel like I'm in a cafe. I'm doing comedy to, to music in the <laughs> yeah, background. Right. <laughs> First, I thought it was only in my head. It's Ray Romano's theme. I thought it was only in my head. And then I realized there's really music here. And uh, and so he, uh, Chris got a chance to go on stage in front of his idol to a packed crowd. Because before that, Chris had only performed to like six drunks at two in the morning. And he went up on stage. Can you imagine what that must have felt like to perform for your idol? Right. And he goes up on stage and he kills it. According to Chris, he didn't do that well, but everybody said he killed it. And Eddie loved him and gave him his phone number and took him to L.A. with him. And that's what jump-started Chris's career. And then he created that part for him in Beverly Hills Cop 2. Eddie was like the biggest comic, not even in the world then, but maybe ever. There was that period where like his movies were just bigger than everybody else's his concert tours were like giant arenas you know he's wearing red leather he was pants. the elvis of comedy was man that was his thing he was the elvis of comedy most co- most comedians are not the best dressers um, right? you can vouch for that right <laughs> colin you're on the run of fez show oh hey uh, i know the name of uh, ray romano's uh first stage name in his career my brother saw him live uh jackie roberts Absolutely. The man gets a book. Oh, Jackie Roberts. Yeah. Excellent. All right. Do you know how he got the name? Why why he took that name? No, no, my brother just he saw him live and he uh he 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 recognized him again when he got the show and he's like, That wasn't his name. And he 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 saw him and he thought he kinda of bombed, but your brother remembered him from the days when he actually used the yeah, name Jackie saw, Roberts. Some, yeah, I guess, yeah, is a young guy. My brother, my brother was big into comedy. So, wow, what a memory your brother has. Well, Colin, you yeah. and your brother are going to love this book, though, because uh, everyone that's ever played the club, all the big names are in this book: uh, Chris Rock, Seinfeld, Ray Romano, Riser, Gottfried, Susie Essman, Colin. Quinn, Paul Provenza, Jim Gaffigan, and, and they were all, many of them were here at different times, that the club has yes, been around absolutely. for many, many waves of comedy, and still there. And still there, and still going strong. People come by, a lot of the people from SNL come in, Jay Farrow's there all the time, you know, Colin Jost, a lot Jay, of people. Jay Farrow is one of the 
the strongest impressionist I've ever seen. Isn't he great? And the nicest guy, too. Is he really? Oh, really, really super nice guy. I have a a video of him on my Comedy Matters channel of him reading the introduction to this book in Chris Rock's voice. That's cute. For me and J.B. Smoove, we did it in the lobby of a hotel. He was hysterical. And it sounds just like Chris. Um, Brian, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, I was going to ask if I remember a guy named Barry Sobel. Ever seen sure. him and Chris Rock on a like an HBO comedy special, and they would do these scenes that sort of introduced each uh, each comedian. But it seems like their their trajectories are a little bit different thirty years later. Barry Sobel is a very funny guy. I still see him. I actually performed with him within the past year. He was in New York. He's producing shows in different places. Very funny guy. Very different guy. Very different energy. He does stuff on stage that you just wouldn't expect, but very funny guy. But he's producing TV shows now? No, 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 uh, live comedy shows in different venues. And I was a guest on a couple of his shows. That's how I saw him. Uh, He's a West Coast guy, though, right? Well, he was, but now he's back in New York. Is that right? Yeah, he's an East Coast guy. Um, Everybody always... um, I'm trying to think of the bit. Because if someone ever even says this word, I end up... Jumping into an old Barry Sobel bit. The Susquehanna like, Hat Factory. No, no. <laughs> that's, that's, you that <laughs> word. I love that. <laughs> I will try to think of it, but uh, has been around for a long time. Very, very strong, strong comedian. Uh, I was going to tell you while you're stopping by, we're going to go over and do this. This show that we're doing now is going to be aimed a lot more towards comedy, and we're going to be doing it on Raw Dog starting January 6th. Cool. And you had to swing by, and we're going to work out of things where you bring different comics by. But bringing Barry Sobel in one day might be hysterical. Oh, absolutely. He's because a funny guy. I, as I got to go back about Jeffrey, knows everyone. You will not stump him on comedy. Am, am I correct about that? If someone has made the slightest wave of comedy, <laughs> what they you say. will be there. <laughs> Some guy told three jokes at a party. I, I heard them. <laughs> Which was so funny because, you know, I always say, like, on that video that we had last time, you know, uh, Nick Kroll says I have the best access that he's ever seen, and Paul Provenza said, you know, that I really, he feels like I know every person in comedy. But I always said, I didn't know Larry David. And last week, I'm in the airport and who's there but Larry David and I turned into a little girl <laughs> I got so nervous because I how am I supposed to explain to him I'm supposed to know you you know what I mean but I, I, for some reason our paths never crossed and I went up to him and I'm like I'm agonizing over what to say because I don't want to look stupid like a kid you know, mm-hmm. it it reminded me of the first time I met Milton Berle and I was with Dick Capri and I was so excited that I'm meeting Milton Berle and Dick's uh, wife was with my wife and my wife said, um, Jeffrey's so excited, uh, he'll sit on Milton Berle's lap. And Dick Capri's wife said, mm-hmm. yeah, well, he'll have to push Dick off first. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> we were both enthralled by Milton Berle, a legend like that, you know, who, who wound up sponsoring me in the Friars Club. So anyway, I'm agonizing over what to say to Larry. And everybody's flights had been canceled because of the fog last week. So he's already, he's looking harried, like frazzled. And I'm like, is this a good time to introduce myself? (laughs) But I'm like, the universe opened up this opportunity for me and I'll never get another chance again. So I'm like, what do I tell him? Do I tell him Jerry's in my book? Do I tell him I just produced the gala for Susie Essman? Uh, 
you know, I'm friends with J.B. Smoove. I didn't know what to say. And, and he's st- walking away. So I, t- I tapped him on the shoulder. I said, Larry, I'm Jeffrey Gurian. We have a lot of mutual friends. And it turned out he was so nice. We sat down and talked, you know, and, and, right. and he wound up giving me his information. And I sent him a book. I said to him, you know, we have all these friends and, you know, it was just it was very exciting to me because there's very few people that I really want to meet. And I love Curb and I love the way he thinks his, you know, and my daughter always says that I am like Larry David. The things that happen to me are very Curb, you're enthusiasmist. Yeah. <laughs> Is there such a word? Ish. Enthusiasmish. So we're, we're going to, what is that called? Neologism. All right. That's going to be our neologism now that we're going to say that that's Curbish. It's very Curbish. <laughs> exactly. Very Curbish. Yeah. So it, so it was a weird experience for me because here I am, I'm always with people and I'm always saying hello and I know them and here the one guy that I don't know and I felt like a child again. But it worked out well. You're like one of those bird watchers who suddenly looks up and there's some African sparrow. <laughs> some rare species. Right? And I get all excited. <laughs> this will be it. Is there now who moves to the top of your list of funny people that you haven't met? There's no one else that I can there's think no of. There's no one else. I don't, I don't, I can't. No one comes to my mind that I think it's just that I've always been such a big fan of Larry's. And I really it, it always, you know, for some reason, back in the early days, he mm-hmm. was around and I was around. But our paths never crossed. I remember seeing him at the Green Kitchen. But oh, the restaurant? Never, yeah, well, the, that, on the Upper East Side, on East 77. That's where all the comics hung out, you know, because Catch was on that block and the Strip was a few blocks away. So I used to just go back and forth. And I lived on the corner of Catch a Rising Star. I lived on 76th and 1st in those days. Paul Reiser lived around the corner, and everybody just gravitated between those two clubs. So I had met a lot of people from that time, but for some reason, never him. So it was like I put it out to the universe. You know, when you ask for things, you know we ought to, yeah, you know the we universe do, brings it to you. We ought to get a wheel and just have a bunch of names on it sometimes, and then we spin it, and whoever it lands on. Jeffrey has to tell us a personal story. <laughs> story. <laughs> what you had for lunch with that person. Whatever it happened to be, whatever he wants to talk about, but he has to have a personal connection. And I want a hundred names. <laughs> he can't know who it's going to be. It'll just land. And boom. It's he's like, got to go. It's like stump the joke man, but with people, right? <laughs> yeah, you, have right. To, you have to tell me. Yeah. Um, by the way, this... This thing is so great. It's not only that all these great people uh, are are on this, but their personal connection to this one venue. Now, we were telling you some of the older guys, but Lisa Lampanelli is in the book, Adam Ferreira, uh, Jimmy Brewer, Jeffrey Ross. The list, Pete the Dominic, Dominic uh, was here, Louis Black. There's so many people some of them completely different eras of each other, but they all go back and owe something to the time that they did at the comic strip. Something that happened there that helped make their career. That spurred their career or that was important to them. That's why the book is separated into like the kids, the grandchildren, you know. There were different generations of comedians came up through there. And then there's a, a chapter on the newer comics, the up-and-coming names that are coming up through that club. It's a fascinating thing that so many people would come out of one place. Mm. You know, that's what made me suggest the book to Richie. I'm like, you know, 
somebody's got to do a book on this. It's right. just too interesting to me, you know. And for comedy fans, I think it would be very interesting for them to see what it was that made people so comfortable. I mean, in those days, they gave the comics food. It was the first club to actually have a schedule, you know. In the early days, comics could sit for hours and never get on stage. There was no guarantee that you were going to go on. And if you were sitting there and a comic came in from Los Angeles, a well-known comic, or let's say like Robert Klein or David Brenner or Billy Crystal, you'd get bumped. And you'd get bumped for as long as they wanted to stay on stage. And so you might not get on that night at all. And, so and Cash never would bump for if a big name walked in? The Strip? Um, they probably would, but at least they gave you a time when you'd be on mm -hmm. and they tried to honor the time. And, you know, Lucian Hold was the manager for so many years, very strict about time. So if you missed your slot, that was it. One night, Joe Bolster told a story that he was, um, he met a girl after the show. He was on two shows on a, a Saturday night and after the, the first show, you know, comedians, aren't great with women. They don't get girls <laughs> like singers do. You know, mm -hmm. they're not they're not really comedy groupies that hang out and want to have sex with the comics, although the comics probably wish they would. But Joe Bolster met a girl, took her back to an apartment. Things got crazy, and he missed his second show. Now, you don't do that at the strip, not when Lucian Hold is running it. <laughs> and when he came back in, Lucian said to him, what happened to you? And he said he, he got all flustered. He goes, I was with a girl, and she had a seizure. And without dropping a beat, Lucian said, petite mal or grand mal? He wanted, he wanted to know the details. You know, that's how, that's how detail-oriented he was. He had to know petite mal or grand mal. So there's a million stories in the book. You know, Colin Quinn was a bartender. He was a, a bartender, and he had to quit his job in order to start performing because you couldn't work at the club and perform in those days. Wow. So everyone was telling him he was so funny. Susie Essman, I think, used to tell him how funny he was. So he, he quit his job just so that he could start performing. It cost him money to start performing. To start performing. Uh, Make Him Laugh is the book, Jeffrey Gurian. We're going to have him uh, back with us right after we start the the new show as well. So I'm looking forward to That's that. That's exciting. That is yeah. me too, man. That, congratulations on that. That's I, awesome. I definitely also want you to, you know, even if you need to call us, just keep us updated with stuff that's happening. Uh, Fezzi, that's it for today. Uh, tomorrow we are in here to do the last show we ever do on the ONA network. That will be it. So wow. before we're going, so I'm on Rondo, the next to the last show. You're on the next to the last show. That's history, man. Well, you're Bette Midler. Yeah, that is <laughs> Bette Midler's spot. Um, it's good company. Bumping our heads to that. Uh, Chris, anything we need to plug? The iBanks Christmas photo contest is going on. You can win Bad Santa signed by Billy Bob Thornton. I'm Go looking forward to that then. Hell yeah. All right. And also go to uh, the iBang Recommends. If you're having any trouble getting ideas for Christmas, you got the 42 Small Luxuries, gifts for dog owners, uh, gifts for friends who love cigars. There's plenty of ideas there. It helped me. That was nice. It's like the hopper. All right. That's it. We'll see you guys back here tomorrow for one last one. Uh, that's the end of my show. Dong.
This show was brought to you by Afro and Friends. You can get other high-quality Opie and Anthony-related audio from the website afroandfriends.blogspot.com.